imagine if you will, a summer camp. Perhaps these two words bring to mind memories of bucolic childhood afternoons spent in the great outdoors. But for three adult men, camp has an altogether more diabolical connotation. Because they've just decided to read a children's horror book. A book which will take them through the darkened woods and foreboding bucks of the Stein Zone. Are you fucking kidding me? That's all I had. <laughs> Wait, Mario, you said that you didn't have a good Rod Serling impression. I don't have a good Rod Serling impression. That was fantastic. Are you fucking high? That was great. <laughs> that was really good. I could hear the Twilight Zone music in the background. I'd call it passable. <laughs> um. You, you are, you are the person, I was, I was talking about this on stream a little while ago. You are the person I think of who can just pull out a, a fucking crazy impression of something or someone out of fucking nowhere. I don't know. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm that good at that. I mean, I, frankly, I think Brandon's better at it. Okay, but. hold on. Snarf? Uh, Lionel! <laughs> <laughs> like, one to one. One to fucking one. Literally yeah, but I can't can only, I can only do what he says, Lionel! <laughs> <laughs> he was born to play snark. <laughs> yeah, no, I was. That's true. <laughs> oh, there was another impression you did recently too. Fuck, I can't. I can't remember. I think it was on the last podcast, actually. Skeletor. He's got the Skeletor. <gasps> voices. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. What is? Uh, uh, he man. All I can think of is the the pizza he man. He just <laughs> eat the pizza. The pizza he man. Holy shit! That's fantastic. <laughs> eat it. <laughs> Eat it. My favorite Skeletor quote is when uh, he's he's like, uh, uh, yeah, he's talking to his minions, and one of them goes, "Hey, you're looking good today, Skeletor," and he just goes, "Thank you." (laughs) There's oh god, there's there's one where he is like so dismissive of something. God, what was it? It's like one of the funniest clips I've ever seen from a Saturday morning cartoon show where like it's one of the most normal responses that a person could could make to something done by Skeletor. Like it's so just man. The problem with Skeletor is that you've got to like you've got to scream it. So every time yeah, if I try to do it. Yeah, yeah, I'm like blowing out my mic doing it. Um, thank you. Thank blowing out my mic you. talking about pizza. <laughs> I love the pizza so much. Oh, it's like, oh, no, oh, it's where he says, he just says, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) Someone says something to him that's so wild that his response is just, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Everyone's got a little Skeletor deep down in them. I mean, it's like how every guy has a Kermit the Frog impression, you know? Like, they're all, we all have it. And they're all falling all over themselves to show you. (laughs) Oh, I found it. I'm only here to capture the traitor I told you about. This traitor? Who is he? This traitor? It isn't a he. It's a she. It is the baby I took from Randor. Princess Adora. What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> it's such a disinterested just what? <laughs> what? It's just like get out of here. <laughs> what are you talking? This Shut doesn't up, matter dude. at all. You can't, you can't just say that shit. That's me. That's me reacting to the twist in this book. What? What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> we all love when uh, Saturday morning cartoon villains briefly dip down 
to human level and react honestly in the moment. Like, uh, like Krang. Like, like Krang. Oh, Krang. I can't going... do a Krang. I can't what? do a Krang. I'll just tell you that we I cannot. We need to add G unit. unit. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that I can't do, I can't do Krang's like, um, because he's the turtles. <laughs> yeah, he's got that wet Yeah. Voice. <laughs> we talk like this. <laughs> he like Krang. inhale talks. It's really weird. Yeah. Oh, I love Krang. When he talks like this. Oh, yeah. He does like a vocal fry. Yeah, yeah. He, hold on. I got to. Oh, man. I got to refresh my memory. Uh, Krang best lines. <laughs> we, need, we need to add G unit. We need to add G unit. I can't do it. That was pretty close. You had the fry yeah. for sure. Krang was in the TMNT 2 movie? He was. What? He was? Yeah. He was the he was the villain of the TMT the the not the old one the one we saw at the drive-in. Oh yeah! All right, here we go. Shredder, why haven't you completed my new body? Why haven't why? you completed my new body? You you gotta get like you gotta put like something in your mouth. Mouth. You get, it's you, yeah. You have to do the fake jowls. Why haven't you, you completed my new body? Why you completed my new body? Yeah, there it is. That no, was no, it. do that. Do was that, ex- that was exactly it. But put your fingers in your mouth while you're doing it. <laughs> Apple. <laughs> completed my new body. Why haven't, Why haven't you completed my new body? That's literally crank. Completed my new body. Literally. Uh, oh my god! It's just a bunch of cranks. Oops! All cranks. Can't talk about crank on this. Movie. We can't. Oh, this. Oh wait! I thought that. Oh, oh! This is the Goosebumps podcast. This isn't the Crang po- appreciation. Hey, podcast. these are all on topic. These are all on topic for reasons we'll get into. Exactly. I mean. To be Fair, if there is one place you could talk about Krang, it would be this podcast. <laughs> you, you Absolutely. Could talk about- <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to You Can't Scare Me. Today, I'm joined by, we got ourselves a Mario. Hey, it's me. It's Mario, the cool ghoul, who's everybody's pal. Uh, certainly mine. And we've got a, f- a friend of Mario's, Brandon. What's up, Brandon? Hi. Not much. Uh, <laughs> I'm just the person. I'm here. <laughs> just a person and and they're here and we're going to talk about a did you did you all do your homework did we all did we all do our yes. goosebumps homework i sure did <laughs> all right submit your reports and uh, i'll grade you appropriately it's time it's time to read welcome to camp nightmare Hooray! Yay! It's awful. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh no! Oh. It is Spoilers. weird. I remember oh. this. I remember this way more positively than I. I think I ultimately feel about it. Oh, <laughs> same. I actually conflated the ending of this book with another book because I liked that book better. But this book's twist is so. Oh God, we'll get there. Anyway. Hey, Mario. Yeah. I heard you're a fan of history. Oh, Bob, you know I love history, but only when it concerns TV, movies, and video games. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else. I don't give a shit about the rest of it. Politics, fucking who needs it? Anyway, hey, remember last time when R.L. Stein released two books in one month? Like a a nightmare? Well, that didn't happen this time. He released one. Uh, Also, the good news is I learned after this, Goosebumps releases are monthly. 
Um, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that explains some shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was just, he was, you know what? He was cranking him out is the thing. He's got, you, again, we keep talking about it. Carl Stein, known for cranking it. Always cranking it. Um, always. That's what I'm always t- saying to R.L. Stein. You know, you just you're just constantly cranking it, dude. You seen that movie Crank? That's about R.L. Stein, actually. Um, and we were just talking about Crank. Fuck. <laughs> it's all coming together. Uh, oh god! And you? Oh no! I'm not going to make that joke. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. History, right. history. 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 Okay. Well, uh, welcome to Camp Nightmare. Uh, which, by the way, this is the second book in the Goosebumps series, and not that many books that begins with Welcome to. <laughs> Welcome. Right? Welcome to Dead House was the first book, right? And now we're back oh, yeah. again with Welcome to Camp Nightmare. And I'm just wondering, does Arlstein do this again at any point? He's inviting you to his cool world. <laughs> Welcome to um, Strange Boat. We've... <laughs> Yeah, it's just those two welcomes. Also, uh, before we get there, I did want to point out, uh, uh, I did a little stream of this uh, book, which was very fun. But afterwards, I was alerted to the pre- to the existence of something called Goosebumps Gold. Have you heard of this? What? No. Is it pay to read? <laughs> is it is a is it a cryptocurrency? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. That's Goosebumps Plus. Uh. Go- <laughs> Uh, Goosebumps Plus and then uh, Goosebumps Coin. Mm-hmm. Goose Coin. Goose Coin. <laughs> Bump Coin. Curly Coin. Uh, Goosebumps. Curly Coin. Pa- okay, from the uh, wiki um, that will that is refusing to load for me right now, I want to make sure... It's being very bad today. Yeah, I wonder why. Hmm. It's almost like a bunch of uh, people got let go. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, this is on the bad site. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly uh, everything's going to shit because they fired all the people who were doing the work anyway. <laughs> uh, Goosebumps Gold is a canceled book series that was intended to follow Goosebumps Series 2000 uh, with a planned launch in October 2000. However, the series was canceled early in its production. In an interview, Author R.L. Stein stated, Jovial Bob, for, for ones who know, for real Goosebumps heads, stated that none of the Goosebumps gold books were ever written. However, there were covers done. And oh, guess I what? One of this. the covers that was done for Goosebumps gold. Happy holidays from Dead House. Oh, what? <laughs> the the cover of it is so fucking good. What it's uh, it's to describe it. It's the it's a door. It's a wooden door yeah. with a creepy orange fog rolling through, and the wreath is a skull. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, that whips ass. That whips ass. That, that's so Jacobus. Good. It's a Jacobus. Yeah, joint. it's Jacobus. Oh, yeah. fuck, that's good. That's really good. I know, and they've uh, all the sketches are up on on the page. It's so good. Oh my god. Oh uh, my god. Can I just? There it is. I pasted it in the Discord. Uh, oh my god. That kicks ass, actually. It's so good. Hey, RL. Frolica Weinachten. Write this book, please, because it kicks ass, actually. Um, and we need some holiday fodder for next uh, for this year. <laughs> I love this font. It's so. Wait, the so Goosebumps 90s. gold font? Oh, yeah. dude, yeah. The, the, the graffiti font. The <laughs> Goosebumps graffiti. It, uh, what is... <laughs> it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> oh, my God. It's what people thought LA looked like. Oh, hell yeah. The font that says, I've never been to to California. Um, 
Anyway, you know what? That's history. But here's some other history coming right at you. God damn it. <laughs> ah, uh, ah, the history is coming at me. Ah, this this book. Uh, Welcome to Camp Nightmare was released in July of 1993. A great year. I would have been four. Um, <laughs> um, uh, what happened in the last book? The Girl Cried Monster was released in May. So what happened between May and July? Well, in the movie world. Uh, a little movie you may remember uh, called Jurassic Park came out. Oh, my God. Yeah. I remember seeing mm-hmm. that in theater and my mother during a certain scene where someone gets eaten off of a toilet. Yep. Yep. Uh, leaned. A, <laughs> that scene started to happen. And my mom goes, oh, loudly in the middle of the theater and puts her hands over my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Last Action Hero came out. Never seen it. Uh, it's got Charles Dance in it, uh, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. But you know, um, uh, <laughs> I was going to say there was a leading man for that if I remember correctly. Uh, the uh, the Dennis the Menace movie. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I such a menace. He, you know what? That little shit. <laughs> that sucks. little fucker. <laughs> that mm, not on my watch, young man. Um, also, the movie Sleepless in Seattle. Now, I haven't seen that movie, but what's interesting about it is it's um, uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, who were also in You've Got Mail. Um, so I guess, yeah. So I guess I don't know. People thought in the '90s that Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks really. The perfect couple. Apparently. So keep that in mind. When you imagine the 90s, think, what is the platonic American ideal of a man and woman in love? Well, it's Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Um, <laughs> and Meg Ryan's pants. And Meg Ryan's pants, and you've got mail. Um, uh, you've got in, pants. In July. Well, guess what? Disney released Snow White. Uh, they did? Yeah, again. They released it again. So oh. if you were wondering... Uh, <laughs> I was, was like, Disney, how old am I? <laughs> has Disney always been a nightmare company that just wanted to milk you for as much money as you had yes the answer is yes so i was hopeful that it was a direct-to-video sequel where they have the evil witch's crazy sister that's crazy sister that's crazy sister and it's animated like two frames a second let's party (laughs) um uh or tim curry's evil uh pipe organ um Oh man! Uh, weekend at uh, Weekend at Bernie's two came out. I've never seen the Weekend at Bernie's movies. Well, uh, I don't know. I've never seen the sequel and don't quite understand it because <laughs> if any amount of time has passed between the first weekend, it's gonna be a weird weekend. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be a problematic weekend. Oh my god! Uh, just keep them in the freezer. I guess you'd have to. I guess you. Man, that's grim. What a grim plot for a franchise. Um, Forensic pathologist reacts to uh, <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. Well, I mean, it's just I how mean, accurate Mario is Weekend at Bernie's to real life. I mean, he'll be he'll be way floppier by Weekend Two. So I mean, that'll be good um, in certain situations. Anyway, Free Willy also came. Came out they got that fucking whale out of there oh hell yeah um, they got that fucking whale oh uh, man a little movie uh called so i married an axe murderer starring one mike mike myers and phil hartman um that's the one where mike myers perfected his scottish accent before austin powers before shrek also it has i can't my stepdad watched it religiously and so i can't i, I like ingrained in my memory is mike myers doing um beat poetry and there's a part where he goes, um, woman, 
whoa, man. And I have never forgotten that. <laughs> um, but most importantly, most importantly, in July of 1983, a movie called fucking Hocus Pocus came out. Mm-hmm. All timer, all timer. And guess what? You watched the sequel? <laughs> Did I watch the sequel? Bob? We have an interesting story about how and where we watched Part we watched that sequel. sequel. We watched the first five minutes of that sequel in Salem, in the park, <gasps> uh, in, at a screening hosted by Doug Jones. What? That's awesome. What and we fu- left like 30 minutes later. It's a bad movie. <laughs> oh, three. Oh, no. For one thing. Oh. It's got extremely, extremely strong Disney Channel original energy for a start. Oh. Well, the, like uh, they give, they give the, the, like you get their childhood backstory of the sisters. That part's bad. And then they come out and start singing to like no one. Like they, they, when they are revived, they just start singing. Like a country song or something yeah. like yeah, it's weird. It it's was really embarrassing. Weird. I had secondhand <laughs> embarrassment, but it was cool to see Doug Jones. Uh, but fortunately, Disney is also, uh, doesn't give a shit about a free screening in a park, and so uh, the audio broke thirty minutes in, and everyone left. <laughs> so, oh, that's oh, I thought you left because it was bad. <laughs> no, we left because it was bad. But fortunately, we were pushed towards leaving by the fact that the audio was not good. Um, sure let's just yeah you and then you hid the pliers in your pants and just got out of there <laughs> yes uh also fun fact i know this from a weird youtube deep dive last week uh hocus pocus was on roger ebert's worst films of the year list in <gasps> 993 you know it doesn't matter if your opinion's good or bad just have a really strong one i think that was the animating principle of film reviewers of that time he despised this that movie. He despised it. Why? Uh, and also felt it was a waste of Bette Midler's comedic prowess. <laughs> just, just I mean, well, remember, he, he's not wrong. <laughs> just remember that Roger Ebert is the person who hated Die Hard because he thought it made the cops look stupid. Uh, <laughs> that is, yeah, well. yeah. Um, they just had some takes back then. That's like the the entire show is just them having having big takes. Um, God, if a show like that existed now, it'd be like, oh, this this sucks because all the men in it are stupid. What are they trying to say? It's like gaming in the Clinton years level takes. Yes. Uh, also, if you've <laughs> never seen Ebert and Roper um, uh, or Siskel and Ebert, uh, you definitely should watch the opening of Siskel and Ebert because uh, it just shows like Siskel and Ebert walking around town doing various fun stuff on the Chicago streets. And there's a part where like, dueling newspaper delivery trucks appear delivering their respective newspapers and it cuts to ebert sitting or standing in front of the truck with his arms folded like gunbuster style and he does like a ha 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 like 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 the um a crank whore. he looks like crank whore from from uh the, the captain of outer space siskel's truck is parked on the side of the road and roger ebert motions his truck to move it out of the way. Siskel's truck leaves. Roger Ebert turns to Siskel with a smarmy face and goes, yeah, now what? <laughs> it's his, <laughs> his laugh is exactly like the way that Crankor laughs in MSV3K. The <laughs> We blasted him out of an airlock, so by now he may have fallen into a star. <laughs> anyway, 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 anyway. Uh, what else happened in history? Um, uh, Ninja Scroll came out in June. That's uh, changed the face of animation forever. Um, Battle Angel Alita came out in June. 
pretty fucking good uh, anime. Um, Dragon Ball Z Bojack Unbound came out in July. Oh, uh, baby. Oh, baby. Uh, TV. I don't even know what, like, every time I look at TV history, it's just like the, a list of things that, like, that didn't exist. You, that's not real. Like, th- there is a Trivial Pursuit game show. Uh, it aired in June of 1993. Huh. And how did it, how long did it last? Probably June 1993, <laughs> I had to guess. Uh, yeah. There was a, a show called Caesar's Challenge, which was a game show set in Caesar's Palace, Las Vegas. <laughs> Guess how long that lasted? Probably June '93. If I had yeah, to guess. probably yeah. Um, the the <laughs> instantly sc- the scra- the Scrabble game show ended in June of '93. Yeah, yeah. God, what the fuck? What? Milton Bradley was just trying to license a TV show. They were just trying their very best. How can you make a, a show out of Scrabble? Like, oh my God. Um, the uh, important TV history. The first iteration of Late Night with David Letterman ended. Um on NBC. That was the last time he'd be on NBC. That's kind of exciting. Um, mm. The Harry and the Hendersons TV series ended. <laughs> oh, man. I know we're all sad about that. Uh, only one thing happened in July of 1983 in TV, and that's that Wienerville aired on Nickelodeon. <gasps> Hell yeah. I didn't watch Wienerville. I assume it's not what I think it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um... I mean, you can tell you you know what? Don't tell me. Let me believe what I what I choose I'm, to believe. I'm not going to pop that bubble. I never saw Wienerville. I saw the sequel, Sausage City. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, video games of June. <laughs> Why did I just think of Babe, <laughs> the Babe sequel? Babe, a pig in Sausage City. <laughs> babe, pigs in a blanket. <laughs> uh, video games of June, the bestsellers for their respective consoles kirby's adventure on the nes hell yeah uh star fox <gasps> hell yeah SNES, mm-hmm. sonic adventure 2 still holding that game gear hostage uh x-men uh the only game on the genesis and super mario land 2 on the game boy uh but in july start stuff gets a little fucking funky because everything else is the exact same but super mario kart came out on the snes oh man so many so many arguments with uh, uh siblings i mean <laughs> lies that ruined history i mean like like people's lives were changed forever from the the vitriol and vile uh, that they would and bile they would spit in super mario kart people blame the internet for society like crumbling Mm -hmm, to hell mm -hmm. i I, we all know that it started with two games mario kart and mario party mankind's hearts were collectively hardened (laughs) by the release of super mario kart in the snes nintendo Um, has had a mission to destroy every familial relationship absolutely mario kart was the first shot across the bow super mario (laughs) or mario party was now that 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 was it Mario Party was the ultimate uh, art awaiting its ultimate practitioner in the sense uh, <laughs> that <laughs> in the destroying families category. Um, uh, uh, new releases in June. Uh, Samurai Showdown came out in arcades. Fuck yes. Um, is what I have to say to that. Uh, Day of the Tentacle, Tentacle came out in June. Uh, a little game you might know by the name of Link's Awakening came out in June. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and Super Mario All-Stars came out in July. I can say I have played all of those games. They're all good. Hell yeah. I never played Sam Show, but I, I've heard oh, it's really... good. 
I've heard really good things about it. It's so pretty. Bob is so good. It's amazing. That's the one where it's like it's it's a two D fighter, but like you can die like instantly. Um, that's the, so like hits do big damage and it's it's slow. It's just, it's like uh, it, like it's not a con- it's not it's not a combo game. It's like a you you're waiting for big counter hit kind of thing. Oh, gotcha. Because I one of my favorite games was um, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, and playing it on the max difficulty, it's so good. Like, I mean, one hit and you're dead. And but it works in the opposite way. You hit one enemy with your sword and they're dead. It's like kind of quote unquote realistic. There are kind of one hit kills in at least the new Samurai Showdown. Um, I know there were uh, in Guilty Gear because I pl- I was a Guilty Gear kid. Yeah, Guilty um, Gear and uh, Marvel versus Capcom. Two. Hell yeah! Fuck hell yes! Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take you for a ride. For a ride. Um, I was gonna say about Sam Show. Oh, there's an amazing video of um, I think it's Wooly who's like commenting, uh, uh, doing the commentary on a Sam Show match, and the controllers are, the game is like there is a glitch, and it's what's happening. The controllers are unplugged or something, and so it's just the two people not moving, <laughs> and they're like he and the other commenter are like, no, this is Sam Show. You know, this is like they're really thinking about the next move. The, you know, the, the, the amount of thought going into each one of these moves, and then like they pause and like we've been informed the controllers are unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need that clip. I need it's that clip. Extremely so <laughs> it's extremely good. It's very funny. Um, oh, my God. Anyway, that's all of history. There was nothing else. I assume nothing else happened, so. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. And with that, hey, you know what we like to do on this podcast? We like to dump a bunch of visual information that no one can see. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk about Tim Jacobus's cover of Welcome to Camp Nightmare. Hey, Brandon. Yes. You've got a great voice. I'd love to hear it talk about some visual stuff that was on this cover. Oh, let's try our best. I pasted right. in the Discord chat in case you need to see it. Incredible. Oh, interesting. Oh. I have a slightly different cover. Do you have a, the classic cover, the new one? Hang on, I'll post it. Oh, tell me you don't have that garbage. No, no, it's just like, it's horizontally reversed. Oh, yeah, mine is that too. Oh, oh yeah, that's the other one. Yeah. Why did they do that? I don't know. I don't well, know. There's oh, and they couple. made the sky way more red. Well, let's talk about it. Let's yeah. do the first one first. Okay, so the first image we have, it's a kind of a purple border with an uh, cyan accent. And in the middle, we've got a depiction of a red sky over a camp, scraggly trees bare in the background. In the foreground, we have a tent at night with a light inside and a creepy monster hand reaching around and these creepy monster eyes uh, with the shape of the monster completely obscured in the bushes. It's a really good cover. I remember this cover. Yeah. Uh, light falls on the grass in front of the tent. Yeah, it's amazing. And That was the most professional cover description we've had on this show. <laughs> I, I was going to say that was, that was extremely well done. And super <laughs> clinical, too. Like, no fluff. Like, you were the antithesis to a jovial Bob. <laughs> Angry Bob. Um, Angry Bob. But also, uh, during the stream, someone notified me that the uh, monster, uh, they said that the monster looks like Zorak from Space Ghost. And actually, does. I kind of see it. The head yeah. shape, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, for all, you know, all the other covers are, are good in their own ways, but this is just, this is like one of those super special covers. I think this is so evocative. Like, this is such like a spooky looking cover. It tells you everything you want to know about the book. And like, I, I would be drawn to this book if I saw it. Now, yeah. I'd be very disappointed because this scene doesn't fucking happen in it. Yeah. But, uh, no. <laughs> like, and in fact, the scene is so completely uh, outside of the scope of this book. <laughs> it's got an amazing mood. Uh, like you've also got in the, in the mid, in the middle of the image, there's like that, the purple fog in the, or the blue fog in the background. And like, yeah. I, they knew this cover ruled because I remember seeing posters of like goosebumps in the scholastic book fair. And this was one of the covers they always put up even in the later days. If I was going to get one framed, I think I'd get this one. Oh, you got me thinking about framing goosebumps covers now. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, um, this is definitely one to keep. Yeah, there are a bunch of other ones, but this is definitely in there. And then uh, it's so good, it's so wonderful, and then the alt version of it just fucking ruins it. Yeah, what is happening with this alt one? Fucking like, remake culture, like right here. <laughs> wait, are we talking about the? Are we talking about the new one or the other alt? One? No, I'm the, sorry the the next one, which is literally just the one we were just talking about. Where the it's horizontally flipped and yeah. they upped the contrast by like two hundred percent. Now it's I'm bad. I'm going to assume I think that this might be the first one based on the Scholastic logo here uh, and the the simpler border. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I think that the one we were just describing was a remake and a and a better remake overall. Although there's huh. one thing I do like about this is that Saber's face doesn't have any shape. So he's just two eyes in the dark, which I've always loved that motif. I Uh, think that that's maybe the reasoning for that. But at the same time, I think I'm going to get in front of Mario here and say that the first one we talked about is absolutely the first one. Because that is the original style of the Goosebumps books. The simplified color scheme, the the two-tone... Um, colors with that classic um, Goosebumps uh, uh, font. The second one is, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. second one is the re-release, yeah. Yeah. Oh well, it's worse. That's that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. they fucked it up. <laughs> they did a bad no, job. They, ab- they absolutely just took it and said, "Oh, this is neat," and then crushed it in their fucking hands. <laughs> uh, what the? Okay, so this was reprinted. Well, that's interesting. The one you're looking at. So there is a reprint, and it's this is the one you're looking at, but the the, the tone is wrong. I wonder if that might just be the copy that we're that we're reading because this is the reprint from 2003. Um, yeah, I wonder if something's going on here. Maybe there's a maybe it's a fucked up scan. Actually. Now they did they did it might be a fucked up scan. Now they yeah. did alter the tone of it because uh, saber oh, yeah. like saber is differently colored a little bit. Um, you can also see clearly a shoulder there. Yeah, yeah. you can. You can. Um, uh, also, this was included in the uh, Goosebumps uh, Fright Light collect- edition, uh, which has a fucking astoundingly good cover. Wow. wow. Oh, man. Boo, dude. Boo, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, I just want to throw it out there. Orange and brown. Yeah, that's not, um, not, not, not good. Not good. No, no, it doesn't look good. <laughs> That's a bad one. Uh, the closer you get to shit colors, it's, no. <laughs> uh, to clarify, so the, the Fright Light Edition is a orange and brown, sh- a horrible, horrible, bad, like you ate a, you ate a Halloween cake and got diarrhea. Um, <laughs> uh, or, or someone dropped a, uh, a Reese's cup package and stepped on it. 
Yeah, that. Yes. Oh, exactly yes. like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is Curly the Skeleton prior to his mohawk uh, reading a book uh, in a treehouse next to his dog. His dog, whose name I have forgotten. He does have a name. It's like, is it Bonesy. Barky? It can't be Barky. Bonesy. Bonesy. Um, <laughs> I'm, oh, God. Am I going to. Uh, what is the name of Curly's dog Goosebumps? You got this. Puglert. <laughs> his name drool. is Drool. You know, it's good. I can't say that's bad. I, I can. I'm gonna hand it to RL on that one. That's it's fine. That's pretty. That's pretty. Um, that's pretty. The decent. dog is cute, and Curly is very excited to be reading this. Uh, so that's all nice. I, <laughs> I like. I like any art that features Curly because I like skeletons. But anyway, let's look at um, the newest version of this cover from Hell the yeah. Goosebumps Classic Edition and feel depression. Um, <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. Oh, God. So it's like the exact same theme where the monster is reaching around a now modern tent, uh, except that the color, like there's no nuance to the color at all because the woods are just all green and the monster looks like the most generic um, fucking Monsters Inc. shit you've ever seen in your life. Um, He looks like the monster on the cover of Where the Wild Things Are. I was literally, I couldn't remember the name of Where the Wild Things Are and I was just typing into Google, what is the name of the monster book for children? (laughs) (laughs) Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yes, and we can't forget. We can't overlook this. We got a a classic cum font. Like, oh, just, that's cum. <laughs> that's that's just that's cum right there. That's <laughs> just lumpy cum. <laughs> that's, that's some fucking cum. Like, like, right, like Jesus Christ. Like, I thought Indonesia was the only one that that kept putting that out. Um, <laughs> I guess we know why Curly was so happy on the previous. Jesus time. Christ, <laughs> Jesus Christ, gang! It that released in what year? 2010. Come on, guys! You can't yeah. be doing. No, that. that's the problem, Mario. <laughs> this is like. Welcome to Camp Nightmare. <laughs> well, uh, uh, we'll welcome to Camp Nightmare. Anyway, um, here's the uh, here's that good old UK uh, what? cover. Oh my god! What is with the UK and pink slime? What is with the what pink is slime? I don't know. Every UK cover has this weird pink slime border that occupies two thirds of the fucking cover. Bizarre. So this cover depicts two drowning children who are who have have these faces. Their 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 heads are poking out of the waves, but rather than looking afraid, they look like like they have these bucolic, happy Woo! expressions on their face. Like yay, <laughs> we we're drowning. First of all, hey! okay, well one of one of them's Colin. Yeah, that the one on the right is Colin. Uh, yes. Who, and how how can you tell? How can you tell that that was Colin? Because we'll get there. But anyway, uh, one's Colin, and he isn't even on the whitewater rafting trip in this book. So, like, what the <laughs> fuck are we doing here, guys? Like, <laughs> oh my god, it makes no sense. Uh, let's please observe the first, the first French cover, which is, I think, incredible. Not in a good way, but in a very funny way. Oh no! <laughs> what? 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 That gives Welcome away the, the fucking can- twist. Welcome to the Camping of Fear. <laughs> this is the title of this book. Um, yeah, uh, a bunch of... It's on Mars. Very clearly this is on... Or on an alien world. 
Um, what the fuck? I can't believe that. Such a bad idea. It's. It, I mean, one, this image reveals that this is taking place in an alien world. Sorry, spoilers for the, for the listener at home. Uh, but two, it is a child with the most triangular hair <laughs> that I have ever seen. And he is doing the, like, Home Alone, like, hands-on face scream while being observed by silhouetted figures. And it's incredible. He's got guile hair. He's, He's got guile, guile hair. Yes. <laughs> Um, oh my god uh anyway here's uh the other version of the french cover i guess and they corrected <laughs> someone yeah. told them you can't reveal the twist on the cover you dipshit <laughs> this is a lot better yeah it's better yeah. um uh this one's incredible this is the last one i think that there is no japanese one so we don't have to worry about one being extremely good um also uh, our, our boy saber here looking like chernabog yeah saber is he is chernabog from uh yes from Disney. From Fantasia, from Kingdom Hearts. So um, buff. So buff. <laughs> he looks like a um. Oh my God, who's the artist uh who did um the like John Carpenter stuff? Uh, uh Frazetta, uh Frank Frazetta. He looks like a Frank Frazetta monster, like really muscular and like um taut. He's yeah. he's he's taut. Um, final cover. Here we go. Uh, I think you'll love this one. Um, because I think it really captures a lot of what happens in the book. Um. If the book were written by someone else, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what is that? There's a giant fly on the tent. <laughs> yeah, this is the German one, and um, and it, the monster on the cover is a it's a kid looking at a a giant fly on his friend's tent. Just a giant fly. Have we ever seen a German cover before? I don't think I've ever seen any of the German covers. I, oh, I'm sorry. No, that was Dutch. I'm sorry. That oh, was, okay. The Germans will not, like, will not like that. Kippevel. Kampnacht mieri. Uh, the Germans will not like that I said that, but... Um, oh, the German cover is uh, horrible. Oh, no. Um, just for the record, the German cover is not even in, a, in like, an interesting way. Like, oh, God. Ganshaut. Ganshaut. They just uh, turned the entire cover lime green. <laughs> uh, and the, the, the title is Nacht, wenn alles schläft. That's uh, night, night when all sleep. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did they, make great... the, did they make the tagline the fucking title? <laughs> That's a kind of a great cover. Oh, my God. Oh, well, here's something to tell you right now. This is the reason why the cover is... Oh, there is a reason why the cover is totally different. Oh, yeah? For the Dutch translation. The Dutch translation of this story is completely different from the original. The twist ending, in which the camp is shown to be a... Is, is, well, anyway, is removed. There is no twist. Or, the camp is run by normal human criminals who enjoy scaring children for their own amusement. Another minor change is that Saber is replaced by a giant insect. Huh. So, it's better in every conceivable way. Um... It might just be better. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, they really know what they're doing. Yeah, maybe they know what they're doing. The Dutch. Okay, I just want to say uh, I'm using uh, the 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 wiki that shall not be named, and I literally can't. I, I, it is every like third refresh the site will actually work, but every other time it just doesn't load <laughs> like there's um, just what it oh my god i mine works and i'm so glad it does so i can see an ad for yellowstone and oh here's a cool ad the penguin will have his scarface moment in the batman spinoff i'm glad to know that wow I'm super excited about that i'm super looking forward excited. to it uh anyway that's all the covers i think <laughs> all righty well that's all the covers 
then you know what it's time for. It's time. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> I guess we have to. I guess we have to talk about the book. I guess that's what we're all here for. I'm, I am very excited. Uh, chapter summary is such a good time, especially okay. for a book like this. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Mario, did you have the first? I had the first eight. I had a big old batch of them. Hell yeah. And also, I'd argue, maybe the worst of them. <laughs> oh, um, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. Here we go. Chapter one of this very good book um, that we all loved. All right. The Bible? Yep. Um, according to R.L. Stein. Um, <laughs> here we go. Uh, Billy, who is 12, is on the bus to Camp Night Moon. Camp Night Moon? Fuck. Uh, camp Night Moon. It's his first sleepaway camp, and he is nervous. Notably... His parents told him to, quote, do his best, which feels like the least subtle setup for a last chapter twist possible. <laughs> uh, also on the bus are Mike, who Billy has been silently judging for his weight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just I need to interject real quick. Yep. There was a there was a line that had me fucking dying. It was when Mike was just introduced as this fat piece of shit annoying kid (laughs) yeah he's like a bulldog and then he rested his chubby cheek on the window (laughs) (laughs) we got some jk rolling levels of fat shaming oh exactly yeah oh man it's uh rl stein are we sure she didn't ghostwrite this Mm. uh i do love uh that he looks like a bulldog uh uh, because it just reminds me of um, I only date boys with bulldog faces. <laughs> so if you you ain't in the doghouse. <laughs> Quote: He was kind of chubby with a round face and pudgy arms and legs. Uh, and <sighs> Billy, who is our favorite, is, is a great main character who everyone loves, is judging him for that. Yep. Uh, comma. So c- continuing on, Colin, who is a Digimon protagonist. Um, <laughs> uh, which to explain, Colin. Um, is a character who is noted to be wearing sunglasses and will never take those sunglasses off for the rest of the book. Um, Which is how we knew who he was on the British cover. (laughs) Correct. So he is either a Digimon protagonist or a a Char Aznable clone. Um, Anyway, um, uh, here's the thing. Colin definitely watches anime. That's all I'll tell you right now. Absolutely. And Jay, who fucking sucks. Um, (laughs) Jay runs the list of most obnoxious things boys can do to girls, um, provoking Dora and Dawn, two girls in the bus, to get into a goop throwing contest. Suddenly, the bus driver is revealed to be a monster, which is definitely real and not a fake out. <laughs> I love how the fake out continues into the next chapter where the kids are like, they, it's like no one had ever used a mask in front of these kids like they're the the concept of a mask is completely foreign to these kids up until up until uh, say them saying like he, and then he took his face off they're like for some reason the rest of his body was a normal person's body <laughs> <laughs> well also like i mean okay uh, now now brandon you were when you were re- reading this you you um commented on uh the uh fake out twists and so this was your first like uh adult exposure to um <laughs> uh to the the rl stein style of writing but i gotta tell you this is like a- among his most blatant like this is lazy stuff rl you can't like it was uh 
phoning it in a little bit on some of these. But yeah, I I said I think that the way that he wrote this book was that he was just writing until he got to a point where he could come up with something that would be shocking to the characters. And then in the very next chapter, the first sentence is usually, but it wasn't that thing though. <laughs> it's, I mean, I mean, it should be to be to his credit, to the bus driver's credit, it, the mass is described as being as his head was enormous and pink, <laughs> topped with a wild bright blue hair that stood straight up. He had long pointed ears. His huge red eyeballs bulged out from their dark socket, bouncing in front of his snout-like nose. Sharp white fangs drooped from his gaping mouth. A green liquid <laughs> oozed over his heavy black lips. So this bus driver tried really hard today. Like, he woke up and said, I'm going to ruin some children's lives today. I woke up and chose violence. He did. <laughs> Against children. <laughs> Against children. Uh, anyway, chapter two. For some reason, the camp bus stops in the middle of the desert. <laughs> the bus driver unloads the kids' bags while Billy develops a crush on Don and Mike has a panic attack. Um, <laughs> Mike, Mike's presentation in this book is so egregious. I mean, he's just all the worst qualities of a child. <laughs> he, it's he's all the worst qualities of what rl stein thinks is yes, the most yes. like shitty child like i oh my god this is one of those things where it's just like man our a jovial bob you really hate fat kids don't you <laughs> you really really hate fat kids i feel like that was a thing in the 90s like and i oh I yeah felt that like with the harry potter books as well like at the time i was like this isn't this is normal for people to punch down on fat people because they just didn't understand that it wasn't okay yet. It was culturally still okay to beat up on fat people for no reason and just be very, very mean. Yeah, there, there is this thing. There was this thing, and there still is. I'm not going to pretend like it's not still a thing, but like that, that when you're larger, that that's somehow like kind of a moral failing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like. I, I, I never whatever it's so fucking stupid yeah it's like it's like because Mike is is apparently slightly chubby which like for a kid what does that even mean you know like and which makes no fucking sense in the uh, TV adaptation but nope. we'll get there uh, but because of that he is like also a coward and a, like whiny and uh, like really fragile and it's a wet like blanket. A, a wet blanket yeah yeah and that will become more and more fucking ridiculous as this goes on. It's like this is the kid who this is the kid he's fat and he sucks. Um, <laughs> and it has that the, the I think the portrayal of fat people and and the, the shaming of it comes from like this weird like extremely bullying attitude that they think by bullying fat people they're like well it's for your own good because you shouldn't be it's not healthy but that's not what what's animating it it's like it's it's just bias and malice and hatred of fat people because they don't want to fuck fat people and so they want them to know that they suck it's not <laughs> helping them right and it never has it's kind of looped back around where they're trying to justify it by being like yeah no i'm helping you i'm trying to push you into the into the fucking um you know into doing a diet you you fat fuck <laughs> i'm trying yeah, to get you to eat less you fat piece of shit <laughs> meanwhile not realizing all of these malicious things that they're feeling about people and like oh my god why can't we just be cool why can't it's also <laughs> it, it so doesn't matter here 
here, like it so doesn't matter in this in this book, right? Like, no, it doesn't. It's so it, it has so no impact at all on any event in this story. So, like, why do it? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Billy and <laughs> Billy and uh, Dory discuss where they are from, listing several of the most young adult sci-fi series names ever. <laughs> um, uh, this is incredible. This is the first, if you didn't know the twist of this book, the first hint that this book uh, may not be entirely uh, set in our world because uh, he says, uh, uh, Dory, a girl who is friends with Dawn on the bus, says, are you from Center City? <laughs> and he says, no, I'm from Midlands. It's north of Center City, near Outreach Bay. <laughs> <laughs> like oh okay and then we went to join the hunger games later um <laughs> when we when we were reading this i i was trying to figure out where they're supposed to be camping because they talk about grizzly bears they start in a desert they go to a place full of pine trees and uh the spoil I, I hadn't i didn't know the the twist at the end of this book and so i was trying to figure out where it was it doesn't matter is the twist. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, twist is, that is, none of that mattered. That is the thing that just absolutely bowls me over about this is that nothing mattered. It's in the twist is somehow worse than it was all a dream. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a cool way to write yourself out of a lot of plot problems. Oh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it turns out Night Moon is a mixed gender camp. Um, Anyway, the bus driver leaves, nearly running over Billy and straining the kids <laughs> in the desert on some, uh, well, uh, as some definitely real animals close in. Um, <laughs> Did you read the description where they're, they're like rolling around? Uh, it's like a bunch of Sonic the Hedgehogs are coming oh, after them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing, too, because it's like they're describing these creatures and it's like, what am I supposed to think these are? <laughs> what is this? Like, I assume they're, I, I they, they gave me critter vibes. Um, uh, yeah, big, yeah, big, absolutely. Big critters energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also like that they're like, they're, they're on a platform in the desert. Like there's some kind of bus stop stage in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, oh, and I love the description of like, why did he leave us here? What's going on? Which like, I get it. But at the same time, this is just another one of those, uh, one of those things where these kids apparently have, uh, have no idea what the fuck a bus stop is. Yeah. Like, why you leave us here? There is a, well, there's a bus stop <laughs> for one thing. Like, uh, uh, next chapter. Uh, the children are set upon by strange wolf cat creatures that also walk on their hind legs. <laughs> Someone suggests that these are prairie wolves, which sounds made up. Um, everyone collectively loses their shit, especially Mike, who may literally have a seizure. The monsters mount the platform the kids are on, and Billy falls off and cracks his head. All very exciting, but of course, this definitely is not real. <laughs> This is the thing. This is the thing that happens, R.L. Stein, when you begin your first chapter with an extremely obvious fake out. It's that you can't then have a scene where you pretend as though there's an immense amount of tension as monsters are approaching the kids because I, the reader, now know that you're a bullshit man. <laughs> oh, God. It's like the goosebumps are made specifically to acclimate kids to the idea of a jump scare or like the idea of a cliffhanger. And, yeah. And so yeah. the way that it's like immersion therapy and, and incre- increasingly shitty uh, cliffhangers. I think I, I felt it was sort of like a way of getting kids who don't like reading to like 
get be attached to the narrative enough to keep going like stringing them along with oh yeah shocking twists it's yeah. definitely got to be a thing where rl stein at least believes that like kids will lose interest very fast and so like he needs to continue like re-grabbing them right but, like that's what it feels like i mean in in fairness that while i say these things i actually don't know what these things are <laughs> like I, no I, I don't think it's ever revealed what the fuck they are so they may actually be real monster creatures to to be honest they seemed like it yeah they're described as like real creatures and like, there's never any explanation of them later on so i think they are just monsters yeah i mean given that this is an alien world they may be alien creatures that i can't identify and that's on purpose and the yeah. kids may have been in actual danger i don't know uh, yeah none of the kids were like freaked out by them like there there's no continued like chapters where they're like what the fuck were those things they must have been pretty common for the kids to not be like truly phased uh, they they certainly never bring them up again um yep. <laughs> that's, that's they are not mentioned ever again by anyone um anyway chapter four um suddenly a man with a rifle appears scaring away the mysterious a animals it's uncle al of camp night moon and would you believe it he's fat <laughs> oh my god the most unforgivable <laughs> crime <laughs> I mean, they definitely describe they describe his big belly for sure. Every fucking character who like isn't meant to be likable is fat. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Uh, he was wearing white shorts and a bright green camp T-shirt that stretched over his big belly. Um, so right off the bat, first thing we see is that he is overweight. Um, that's great. I, I was so hoping that this was like actually going to go somewhere that it was a setup. Like maybe they were eating the campers and it was a wonderful sausage oh. situation. That would have been nice. That would have been fun. I like mean, there's, it would have been... There's, there's several descriptions of camp counselors squeezing the shoulders of children to yeah. check for how, how how much like meat they had on them and their cook time estimate. You know? <laughs> and one says, you look delicious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> one was licking his lips. But... You might say we ate. <laughs> we killed Gunter and are eating him right now. Um <laughs> Uh, Next chapter. Just kidding. <laughs> the kids all uh, board the new bus that appears, and it's not weird at all that Uncle Al li says literally nothing uh, about the near-death experience the kids just had. Uh, Billy also just forgets that he almost died, becoming more concerned with all the fun he can have at camp. <laughs> this is a running theme. This is a running theme, yes. Uh, the kids arrive at camp, which is curiously five minutes from where they had stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Look, we got monster. We got a monster problem. We gotta. We gotta put the kids somewhere. Uh, the romantic tension between Billy and Don continues. The campers are assigned to a to their bunks. Billy is put in bunk four, which uh, curiously contains all of the characters who have been named thus far. Um, <laughs> Jay suggests they will party all night when Larry enters their camp counselor. Based on one interaction, I assume he sucks. Uh, <laughs> Cliffhanger well, wait, is wait, wait, how would you know that? Is he described as fat? No, he's not fat. Mm, then he's probably I, fine. He's probably, well, so here's the thing, here's the thing. I think I was conflating the book Larry with the TV show Larry. Uh, because I don't think book Larry is that bad. I mean, like, book Larry is just, like, no. not helpful, but yeah. not antagonistic. Very different. And book Larry is aloof. Yeah, he's Teflon Larry. He just... He absolutely deflects everything around him. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We'll get to it later, but the TV show Larry is much more amped up. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's, if he's guilty of anything, it's that he is, he just doesn't do anything. Um, or, or doesn't address any problems. Um, anyway, cliffhanger as Mike screams while making his bed. Which actually is a real cliffhanger. There's yeah. something that's going to happen. In fairness, the, since chapter one, these cliffhangers have technically been real. Yes. If we assume the monsters are real. <laughs> yes. Um, like, then they were in actual danger. Well, except for the mask. The mask, well, I mean, since chapter one. After yeah. the, that, that one, no. That one, no. Yeah, no. No, um, no points. But after that, yeah, no, the uh, the danger so far has been real. Those were real creatures. We don't know what they were. And now we're about to uh, have a very real uh, thing that might happen to you as a kid. Um. So, yes, chapter five. Uh, I guess I, I, I got a little card before. So my, my summary is literally no one in this camp knows how to deal with snakes. Um, <laughs> um, so it turns out there's a snake in Mike's bed. A live snake. Um, two, and, two snakes. The twin oh, snakes. The twin snakes. Uh, and uh, Jay um, just shoves him <laughs> into them. Yep. <laughs> uh, so he gets. So Mike's gets bitten uh, by the actual real snakes because uh, Jay is a piece of shit. Um, Thanks, Jay. Uh, Jay spouts off uh, just piece after piece of bad advice for snake handling. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think before, one, at one point they're like, grab it by the tail and huck it out the window. Bad idea. That's a bad idea. Um, also, the entire time uh, I was reading this uh, with everybody on stream, we were t making jokes about how Mike is just absolutely, like, completely fucked up by this. He's bitten on the hand, and then yeah. he starts going like, "Oh God, oh, oh, that this is really bad, guys. This really hurts. The blood is described like dripping. yeah, it's like getting everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's a really big problem, and no one really gives a goddamn. And so we were making fun of the fact that like no one cares about what happens to this kid. So imagine he goes outside, uh, <laughs> then he trips on the way out, smashes his head onto the ground, gets up just in time for the kids to throw the snake outside everything is bad everything bad possible is going to happen to mike mike is the butt of all jokes <laughs> yes M mike really gets it in this fucking book yeah. uh, oh my god and no one gives a shit spoilers no one cares no one cares because he's fat there is actually a line that we're going to get to where it's like i forgot about mike instantly <laughs> <laughs> uh billy swoops in to throw the snake outside also also bad <laughs> you shouldn't do this yeah. either uh <laughs> Mike goes to the nurse uh, for his snake bite, uh, which is described as like it like it bleeding everywhere. Yes, they also say that like it's dripping with venom. Like, um, yeah, and yeah, there's another thing that will come up later, but yeah. Uh, but Larry arrives and reveals there's no nurse. <gasps> also, also when Larry arrives, he asks where Mike is by saying, "Where's the fourth guy, the chubby one?" <laughs> God Why don't you damn just, it. Larry, just say, where's Mike, you piece of shit? Like, you can't leave this kid alone. <laughs> God, oh, my God. Also, this when they ask the nurse, Larry tosses his head back and laughs very hard at the thought that a camp might have a nurse because, <laughs> <laughs> like... Uh, now, I'm not... I don't know for sure, but... Uh, uh, 
Brandon, as somebody who is a legal eagle, would you say that the camp here is um, facing serious risk of lawsuit? (laughs) (laughs) You'd have to, well, first of all, they'd need to have a corpus. You need to get Mike's corpse out there. You need to prove that this kid got bit. (laughs) But yeah, I would say they probably wouldn't be accredited. They'd probably get shut down. (laughs) Um, Uh, Two words, criminal negligence. (laughs) uh, Yes. yeah, and so yeah, the no, that goes on with the description of the blood too, because in the next chapter he like he holds out his hand to Larry and it's stained with blood. Yeah, and he describes it uh, dripping on the ground. Also, uh, the thing that I was talking about earlier about the venom is there's a line where they describe like they wrapped up the the snakes in the, yeah in the blankets. Yeah, and then there is a line I forget who says it exactly, but they're like, oh, it's soaked with venom. Like what? The, Those the, snakes are full of venom. They're just <laughs> full to bursting with fucking venom. Like they're absolute. just shooting venom out their teeth. Their little teeths. <laughs> also, uh, also, uh, Colin is the one who says that uh, the snake is probably not poisonous. Uh, and it's hey, not. Colin, it's venomous. It's venomous. You piece of shit. <laughs> Dumbass. And, and all snakes are venomous. They all have it. That's fucking snakes. <laughs> Like, listen, not to be pedantic, but all snakes are venomous. Come the fuck on, dude. Um, hey, remember the rules, everybody, that they tell all Boy Scouts. I was a Boy Scout for seven years. Uh, red <laughs> and black, friendly Jack, red and yellow, kill a fellow. Uh, and those are the only two. And there's a lot more colors of snakes than that. So not super <laughs> useful. Um, when it's green, uh, you're you better clean. scream. <laughs> you better scream. Uh, we had copperheads. Copperheads were the ones we had to worry about, and those were tan and tan. Um, tan and tan, friendly Dan. <laughs> tan, tan and tan, let it stand. <laughs> we had water moccasins. I, I think they're just black. So, it, so if it's swimming, uh, it'll kill your linen Women? or something <laughs> uh i only went to camp here's a question yes uh did you did how often did we all go to camp we should this is a good question to ask because this book will it will affect the relatability of this book i think yes for a period of seven years i was at camp or camping every third weekend and then the summers were uh, I would go to summer camp for a couple of weeks and a couple of the summers it was more like the entire summer. One summer I was only home for four total days uh, at not camp. So uh, Boy Scouts, they they make you do the camping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was a, a wee blow. Um, I, I, yeah, I got actually... I got kicked out for cursing too much at one of our meetings. Um, <laughs> Damn, that, uh, that's a, that's a real story. Um, my rules. my dad became a uh, uh, a Weeblo Scout leader uh, of, of the whole troop because specifically he was pissed off about what happened about me getting kicked out of that one. <laughs> uh but uh, of that one time but uh also uh camping uh yeah i did i did a fair amount of camping um my dad is was a huge was really into outdoorsing um he's from colorado so um a lot of a lot of camping going on but um i stopped pretty early because it fucking sucked yeah um camping is i i hate camping um there there are good ways to do it but generally speaking the way that we were doing it which was uh put a put a tent with no like cushion on the cold wet ground and try to sleep for you know until like maybe 3 a.m at which point you just can't figure out you can't sleep and uh anyway 
I've also done urban camping, which is, uh, oh, my, it used to be a thing that my parents did where we went to camp out for, uh, night crack, uh, night crack, nutcracker tickets, um, at the, uh, of the, I forget what, what it is. Um, one of the, one of the places in DC has like specific, specific, like tickets for um, special events. So we would make it a thing where we went out there and set up tents on the, uh, the sidewalk. But anyway, um, this is all, uh, uh, pointless because I'm going to get to the real story, which is I went camping once, uh, for summer camp. I went uh, one time where I was actually away from my family for, I think it was two weeks and it was, um, terrible, but it culminated in uh, one uh, story that I don't think I've told you, Mario. I Mm. might've, but, um, I went, um, the last day, you know how on camp, um, uh, summer camps, they sometimes do the point system where you can get like treats and goodies. Like when you, uh, when you like do like well in certain activities, and then you can trade those in. Well, no spoilers, but my entire camp understanding comes from watching Salute Your Shorts. So I'm going to say yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, um, the, the way that we were doing it was like that. And so I was able to cash some of my points in for um, some goodies. So I, being a fat kid, just like R.L. Stein predicted, you got me. You nailed dead to rights. I went for food. And I got bitten by a snake. (laughs) uh, Hold on. (laughs) I, (laughs) I went for, um, I remember it vividly. I went for a specific brand of pretzels. They were uh, crumbled up honey um, pretzels. They, I forget the exact, I forget the pretzels. No, they are. Um, I forget the name of the brand, but we don't need to go there. Um, But yeah, they still exist. Um, I think it's like a Snyder's thing. Anyway, I, just said I wouldn't go there, and I did. Um, Snyder's, if you want to sponsor this podcast, if you're listening, uh, or us, if you're jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, now, yeah, Snyder's pretzel pieces. The exact flavor was honey mustard and onion. Those are good. Yeah, they were. And then I got fucking traumatized. Uh, anyway, so here's what happened. I opened the bag. It was a pretty small bag. I'm, I vividly remember this leaving the air, uh, leaving the little shack on my way to, to my, um, my bunk or the area where all of the, the bunks were in the tents. I open the bag. I reach in, I put a, a handful of these in my mouth. I start crunching. Then I notice that's weird. It's not a crunch. It's more of like a squish. And so I'm like, what? Hold, this isn't right. So I, I hold my hand out and I spit into it. I had somehow eaten a full bumblebee. <laughs> a <laughs> giant bumblebee had gone into my mouth. I had crunched it. I had like <laughs> chewed on it. <laughs> Was was there pretzel in there too though? Was it like a yes. honey mustard flavored bumblebee? <laughs> yes. And I spit it out and I'm looking at it and I just start fucking screaming. <laughs> and yeah, I, I would yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was just suddenly completely terrified of the idea that there was a stinger like somewhere like in here, but anyway. 
So Snyder's, if you want to sponsor us, we will <laughs> never talk about the Bumblebee thing again. <laughs> Snyder's, uh, pay me for my silence. <laughs> um, <laughs> Otherwise, I will say the Bumblebee story on every f- subsequent uh, You Can't episode. Scare Me episode. Um, now, Uts, uh, if you want to get in on this, <laughs> we can repeat it. I'll, I'll say this story every episode of You Can't Scare Me, Goosebumps podcast. <laughs> and Snyder's, if you want to sponsor this podcast, we'll say it was an Uts bag. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back and change it. Uh, just one so of you just... guys has to pay us. <laughs> We're blackmailing both of you on this one. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Blackmail double whammy. But yeah, um, no, I can't stress that is an absolutely honest to God real story. I vividly remember kids questioning me when I was screaming and holding my hand out and showing them like what I what I had in my mouth and all of them going, whoa! <laughs> they should have, R.L. Stein should have put something that visceral in this book, to be honest. Um, like that would be, that would be a, a, a genuinely good goosebump scare. Yeah, yeah. It was fucking, it got me. <laughs> That's traumatizing. That is traumatizing. Um, the only time I went to a camp of any sort, well, that not, I mean like a real camp, like, you know, if you go to like, swim camp that's not a camp that's just like you're swimming in the summer um but i did go (laughs) tents on the water (laughs) i did go to someone else's like day camp uh and i did some crafts for about five seconds and the entire time i thought i just bought a big tabletop role-playing book that listed all the villains they made up for this superhero rpg i want to go read that (laughs) and uh that's all I wanted to do the entire time. And after Hell an yeah. hour, I left and did that. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that sums up my entire life in so many ways. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I also to touch a little bit on uh, Bob's earlier recollection. You can go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, the no. misery of uh, camping. So I spent a huge amount of my life uh, out of doors and camping. And I think that it it's that... Big parts of the experience are completely and thoroughly miserable, but like the quality of your enjoyment or your being able to enjoy it uh, changes drastically at different times of day. So the night is terrible. It's cold. It's wet. It's miserable. If it rains and you didn't put up your rain tarp correctly, you're swimming. And, you know, you can't see anything. You hear absolutely everything that's going on around you. Just a shit, just a shit sandwich. It's never good. Uh, Even on the, the, the best it can get is miserable and it goes way downhill from there when it's very cold or it's raining or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the day it can be okay, but you know, you always know that you're, you're coming back to going to sleep in, at, in the out of doors and it's going to be shit. And this is true whether you're setting up like backpacking style tents, like you're just setting up camp in the wilderness, or if you're going to a summer camp where they have like a permanent canvas tent situation. Uh, this book contains a, like a cabin situation, which I have never been in my entire uh, scouting time. I, in fact, I've never been in a tent larger than than it was meant to suit two people, and I think that's pretty typical for Boy Scout types. Oh man, I actually uh, well, uh, one of my camping trips, we had a tent that was big enough for I think it was ten people. It actually had um, in the center, it had a flap to separate the two, like the two sections. And um, yeah, no, my camping experience has been. The personal tent situation, the huge tent situation, and the cabin situation. Like a lot of the time, I feel, and also I'll, yeah, ex- you're you're absolutely right, Brandon. Like, um, I feel like uh, I had a bunch of really good memories of uh, camping, but they were not 
like they do not number the amount of absolutely abysmal terrible camp experiences yeah like having to go to the bathroom when it's storming outside and you have to run to the latrine one of my worst memories is uh having to pee so badly and being so terrified of waking anybody up um uh, to to ask them where is the bathroom and this was for camp the urban camping thing because i didn't you know i i heard all these stories about people getting arrested for like pissing on the the sidewalk also you know it's a public thing i don't want to do that oh guys pissing on your lawn man (laughs) so what i ended up i think it was oh yeah the jfk uh, the jfk center um the the, i think it was the jfk memorial anyway um yeah the that at that (laughs) area I have I have a vivid memory of having to piss so bad, not knowing where to go, and running over to the other side and pissing into an open garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that just reminds me that I have a vivid memory of having horribly bad uh, indigestion at the Mall of America. <laughs> oh no! And oh, no. Uh, and spending a. a file 30 minutes in that bathroom (laughs) 30 minutes oh my god i was i was literally like i was so i was also terrified because it was on a field trip and i was sure my classmates were gonna leave me in the the mall of america bathroom (laughs) um, oh god bathroom problems number extremely that that's a that's an extremely important thing in camping so it was it was well known that many kids going to summer camp would try to hold hold their number two for the entire week rather than actually have to have to go somewhere that didn't have a flush toilet which is that's a problem true. that's true of traveling anywhere yeah. <laughs> right. people do yeah. people do that going anywhere <laughs> I, I tried to do it because the latrine was just a hole in the ground and yeah. every time you did anything into it a cloud of flies would rise out yep. of it yep you want to go to the bathroom okay well prepare to have a bunch of flies going up your butt yeah, you don't know horror until you feel those little things flying up into your ass. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking abysmal. Also, the, oh, some of the most vivid smells, like smell memory. <laughs> Anytime I go into a, uh, yeah, a, a, uh, a poorly managed latrine, immediately remember some camping experiences I had I had as a kid. Also, yeah, um, if you want to have a good camping experience, I feel <clears throat> it largely hinges on um, where uh, what your plan for sleeping is, uh, where the bathroom is, and how hot it, it can get during the day, if or cold. Um, because if you can get, if you sleep in a place where, you know, the temperature is moderate, if you, if you don't do the tent thing, or if you do the tent thing and actually manage to set up your tent properly, like Brandon was talking about, I feel like that vastly increases the, the, uh, the quality of the time. Yeah. But yeah, I've got a couple good memories like, um, roasted marshmallows. I have a really good memory of that that. and being taught that. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta char the, the marshmallow a little bit so it's got that mm-hmm. skin on it, but not mm-hmm. too black because that's cancerous. Well, yeah, the best camping moments are all food related, I think. Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple of high adventure things that are really cool, but like the best part of it is eating out of doors. It really does something. It's the laid back camp thing. It's the eating outside makes food better. It's true. It's a fact. Oh, yeah. It does. And it does. There, if you haven't gone camping. I, uh, if, even if you just, you can look these up actually Rachel and I did this, um, recently or like maybe I, I think a couple of years ago, I think it was right before COVID. Oh my God. It's been three fucking years. 
Oh, oh god hey. anyway time is flag circle uh anyway uh yeah you can go and do these services where you can you don't have to camp per se but you can go and like rent a place that is like more outdoorsy that is like in the middle of the woods and they have like a bunch of like um small like we, we called it the forest cube oh the, yeah 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 i know those are yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, i i i that experience was so fucking great specifically because well, partly because as an adult, you, you choose what you want to do and you only want to do stuff that's interesting to you. Whereas as, as a kid, you're being dragged around everywhere. You have no say. Yeah. But there is something so fucking amazing about just watching a campfire, like building a campfire, setting it up. And just we stared at that campfire for hours and it was great. It's anyway, great if you then go into the cabin and it's not freezing. And not <laughs> wet. Yeah, yes. that's amazing. A cabin I've, in the woods is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, absolutely, yeah, yes. One thousand. Um, I mean, listen, if you if you don't want to do if you don't want to do camping, I mean, if you and you don't understand the concept of being outdoors, making food better, go like like just find a cabin right in the mountains, okay, um, and stand on a porch and eat a hot dog. I bet, I guarantee you, the hot dog will be the best hot dog you've ever had in your life. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure um, it's beef. Make sure it's beef. You got to have a beef oh, sauce. Yeah, of course, beef frank. It's um, the seasoning of the woods. It's the mm. yes, see <laughs> nature's seasoning. Um, speaking of gross stuff being everywhere, did you think about the fact this book is like? Is this the first book in the Goosebumps series that's had blood in it? Uh, we were talking about that on stream, actually. Um, I think uh, if I remember correctly, and let me know if I'm wrong, because I m- I might be, I might be remembering this wrong. I think in Monster Blood, when the when the twins were beating the shit out of the main character, I think there was some blood there. I also think that was there? that okay, that yeah, could be. Cer- I think at a certain point, yeah, someone someone tripped and fell and cracked their head on the on the sidewalk at one point. I think it was the okay. his, I think it was the girl. Forget well, I do think I do think this is the most blood. Oh, the, that the has abs- been yeah, in. I'm fairly certain that yeah, that's the case. Like the, the blood that's described coming out of uh, Mike's hand. Yeah, because it's like. Uh, as I'm looking at chapter six and it's like his hand was stained with blood, uh, drops of blood splash on the cabin floor. Like, and it, um, we're getting into like blood, 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 <laughs> and bits his of blood. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're getting into that territory with this. And it's like, I'm surprised they got away with this for in a scholastic book, you know? Um, yeah. I'm just looking at this front page and noticing some things I, I thought of chapter six. Uh, so Larry compliments Billy on his uh, quick thinking to remove the snake. Okay. Uh, and Billy says, uh, it must be, uh, I may be on Harris and my, my parents. I, I told him they're scientists, explorers, kind of, they go off for months at a time, exploring the wildest places. And my note here is foreshadowing enters the cabin. Um, <laughs> my, my uh, note was, uh, uh, okay. Okay. Billy, you need to learn to take a compliment without <laughs> giving a, giving a book back. <laughs> Just, just take the compliment, buddy. Just shut up. <laughs> um, so, in response to there not being a uh, a nurse at all, um, uh, Larry says Uncle Al doesn't believe in coddling you guys, and I just wrote fuck off. Um, <laughs> uh, the amount of times in my life an adult or an older person has said something like that to me at, to explain why I'm doing something horrible. Uh, it's like, uh, no, actually, you should, you should coddle me, please. Like, uh, I'm, I would suggest you do that right now. That's a good, that's, this is the time that you should do that. I love the idea that, uh, uh, 
<laughs> medical care for a fucking is snake coddling. bite is coddling. <laughs> well, it's, especially when it's described later as swelling up. Listen, like, and it'll put some hair on your chest. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be a wimp. It'll put hair on your chest. Um, yeah, in, in this show, Larry's like, what do you think we are, wimps? Yeah. Uh, in my suggestion that we become an alpha male podcast, we just we all become, we, we call it the Camp Nightmare podcast, and we, we begin talking about getting medical care is, is a beta activity. <laughs> Three bros, four sets of sunglasses. <laughs> um yeah, for the one who died of a uh, yeah, we, we fourth one out for the one who died of a preventable disease. Um, uh, See, this is how you, you you get rid of the alpha male problem. They'll they'll all just die on their own if you start to say that like getting medical care of any kind is, is like a beta. beta. Um, they'll all die on their own if you get rid of the hungry man section <laughs> the, the the sigma grind set is actually um is grinding up uh plants and creating your own medicine um <laughs> the uh, more poisonous the better actually just makes you stronger if it doesn't kill you exactly if it kills you you didn't deserve to live exactly I think that's true, uh, and that has always always has been true. Um, it, that so, would be funny if people didn't actually like, <laughs> like yeah, thinking about that with the COVID yeah. shit. Anyway, um, anyway, summary time. I'm sad Con- now. <laughs> confirming this camp is a lawsuit waiting to happen. Mike returns. It reveals that there is indeed no nurse. Uh, Larry gives Mike a band aid, which will definitely help snake venom. Uh, as Mike bleeds all over the cabin, Larry is impressed by Billy's uh, quick thinking, which he attributes to his uh, scientific poor appearance, which is definitely not setting up anything at all. Later, the kids increase their risk for stomach cancer by eat- by shoving down multiple charred hot dogs. <clears throat> <laughs> hey, folks at home, don't eat burnt food. Don't do it. It's not good for you. That's bad. Like this is it's bad to do. Little char is okay. If it's black, then you have a problem. <laughs> oh my god. Memory yeah, speaking of memories, I, I vividly remember at camps where uh they they overcooked the food and we had to eat like just pure black hot Bar- dogs. Yep, yep. I tried to make it better by cutting like the char off, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, <laughs> that didn't help. It's, it was still yeah, completely don't. fucked. Camp food is a whole is a whole thing. I remember the add water eggs. There's a description. Yeah, 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 yeah. A weird cake, almost. Yeah, the square. Uh, uh, yeah. Fun eggs. fact: oh, those are also hospital eggs. Um, oh well, there you go. Yeah, same eggs. They're like um, they're just wet and they're, they're gross. Like, they're they're yeah. vile. Look, if you're going camping, soup, soup, pretty hard to fuck up. Yeah, pretty easy to do. Just you know. Yeah, anyway. um, or a marshmallow that you fell on the ground. Um, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Anyway, except Mike, who, just, who, who may be dying. Uh, Uncle Al lays out the camp rules. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One. Okay, so the camp rules are, number one, lights out at six. Number two, no girls going, no going to the girls camp. Number three, no going to the forbidden bunk. Number four, write your parents every day. Uh, which is so lame. Uh, rules one and two. And also, I don't know fucking why. 
Anyway, I, I don't yeah. even know what the point of that rule is. Um, rules one and two are basically no kissing, but are important because two kids were mauled to death by grizzly bears <laughs> and or tree bears, question mark, uh, at last year at this camp. And then I have in parentheses, bad camp. Um, uh, so I would like to note here. So they talk about bears. They talk about grizzly bears and tree bears. Okay. They give advice for dealing with grizzlies, uh, which is playing dead. Okay. But... Tree bears, because I googled this, yes, I was like, yes. there is no yep. such thing as this, are a cryptid, the Nepalese tree bear, okay? The Nepalese tree bear is black. If it is a black bear, you cannot play dead around that bear. <laughs> that yeah. does not work. That's that's the wrong kind of bear. So that's bad advice, guys. That's bad advice, RL. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, these aren't, we're going to get to it, but... I was trying to figure out again where we were because grizzly bears, their range in America is extremely limited. It's just mm. like the top Northwest, just a couple of states. Most of America has black bears and black bears are the sorts of things where they they generally avoid you. You're supposed to be making noise all the time. And then if you see them, you have to get away from them, back away from them, not run. Grizzlies are, are a little different. You, they, they depict in the book some at some point you're supposed to lay on your stomach and cover your neck with your hands. And they don't mention this, but you're also supposed to spread your legs out so it can't flip you over and eat your guts. Uh, but again, this ultimately doesn't matter because, <laughs> well, we'll get to it. Uh, which, which bear are you supposed to appear larger for? You like you black, like, bears. black bears. Black bears. Black bears. Okay. Yeah, um, you, you want to be big and make noise and stretch your arms out because they're yeah, stupid and they'll think yeah. you're bigger. And uh, just just in case anyone uh, encounters this, I did also hear a very, uh, very fucked up story of a uh, of a researcher, a woman who is out in the woods, uh, just, you know, researching, doing her thing. And she did everything right. She did everything right. She tried to appear big. She tried to yell, uh, but the I think it was a black bear, but it still kept coming. And then she played dead, still didn't work. And the reason cubs, if a bear's uh, cubs are around all rules are out the window you need to get the fuck out of there <laughs> and, and also sometimes they're crazy with hunger and they'll yes. do all kinds of, of shit also sometimes like they won't hibernate and they go crazy that way yeah. um uh any but listen listen golden kamui this book is this book is not but if you want to learn about bears you can read golden kamui um or grizzly man <laughs> uh well one of them is more fun. <laughs> um, One of them is harrowing. <laughs> uh, well, Golden Comics also, I mean, bears oh, rip okay. off people's faces a lot in that one. Oh, well, um, there you go. All right. <laughs> uh, but uh, also, Golden is amazing. Golden Comics is a transcendently good story um, with a lot of bears in it. Um, of in of many variety, both literal bears and the the mankind. I was gonna ask. <laughs> uh, oh, what if we've of... been talking about like human bears this entire time? Um, we have not, but Golden Comedy certainly is. Um, <laughs> um, also, if you want to read a truly scary story, look up uh, the Sankebetsu brown bear incident. Uh, it's one of the things that influenced Golden Comedy. Uh, but it is a true story of a like bear massacre <laughs> where what? a bear hunted and killed like a village of people. Um, what? Like lured them away from the village so it could come back to the village and begin what? eating the people that were still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. It, it's a fucking absolutely crazy story. It is completely true. Uh, 
It's terrifying. Stalked by a fell Kamui. Uh, when away, he was indeed a Wen Kamui. Anyway, um, Jesus, it's a cool story. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Jay immediately suggests exploring the Forbidden Bunk, which is of course forbidden, and is all but assured when Billy and Mike, who may be dying yet again, um, be, uh, begin hearing strange howling for, coming from inside. Which, by the way, someone attributes. Uh, to being an animal, a billion tributes to it being an animal in pain, but quote, but too human to be from an animal. And I just thought, Billy, you're 12 years old. What the fuck do you know? What the fuck do you know about anything? <laughs> Billy, are you being written by an older man? An adult man. man. <laughs> uh, okay, this is, okay, fucking next chapter. Are, this R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein in this book <laughs> makes so many decisions that I think are insane. And this is one of them, okay? So in the, in one of the greatest instances of narrative blue balls ever in history mike and billy don't go to the forbidden bunk (laughs) so they all look at the bunk all say we should go check out that bunk and then the next chapter begins with them deliberately not going uh it's so (laughs) shitty (laughs) um uh, Mike Mike continues to be so whiny about his dying body. <laughs> like, it's just some venom, my guy. Anyway, at the, at the Meanwhile, house, his arm is fully gangrenous. It's just... At the bunkhouse, Colin and Jay uh, doubt the existence of anything in the Forbidden Bunk, citing camp ghosts and suggesting Al made it up because, quote, scaring kids is the only fun camp counselors have. And that feels like R.L. Stein talking to the audience. Um... Uh, you know, our camp counselors had a Nintendo 64, so he's wrong. <laughs> so Hell you're fucking wrong, Bob. Yeah. Like Joe, you Bob. Get it together. Um, <laughs> also, they could just bring a Game Boy. Like, fuck, anyway. Yeah, bro. It's 993. Uh, literally, Super Mario Land 2 is available to play. Sonic Adventure 2 is on Game Gear. <laughs> uh, Sonic- I mean, his battery life's was like it? 30 minutes, but... like, <laughs> Was it called Sonic Adventure on no, the no, Game it was Gear? No, no, it was Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It was Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Oh, okay. I, my, I was going to say, just, like... <laughs> my brain just... And Knuckles. But my brain just jumped to, to Sonic Adventure. Sorry. Uh, anyway, forgive that embarrassing faux pas. Um... <laughs> Uh, fuck, I just, I just said that in a way that reminded me that I was talking to someone yesterday at work while they were doing a puzzle, and there were, like, busts of authors in the puzzle, and I identified all the authors, and they said to me, you should have been on Big Bang Theory, and I said, don't ever fucking say that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> we are not friends. Actually, you're fired. If you, if you say that to me again, I'll fucking kill you. Um, uh, anyway, um... <laughs> Oh God! I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say that to you at some point later. <laughs> uh, someone was like, "Yeah, Sheldon, you really Sheldon would be really proud." And I was like, "I <laughs> hope Sheldon dies." <laughs> you know, <laughs> I hope that, uh, oh, you should have just said Bazanga. <laughs> uh, I, what I said was <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> was what I normally say. Um, uh, my favorite character in Big Bang Theory is Trollbus. Um, uh, anyway, um, Colin, who takes off his sunglasses for the first time ever, suggests the howling is a prairie cat, which are nothing. <laughs> um, uh, Jay wants to go to the Forbidden Cabin, but uh, RL just wants to edge us all off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm so the glad font. I wrote that. I'm so, so glad I wrote that because of the cum font. Yeah. He just wants to edge us. Um, <clears throat> 
uh, Larry arrives and warns that, quote, Saber prowls the grounds and kills campers at night. <gasps> um, he says specifically that Saber will uh, rip your heart out. Yeah. Huh. Um, so you might think, you might read that and think, ooh, a scary monster. Or you'll fall in love with Saber. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, so okay, the n- next chapter is incredible, because the first line is, we had fun the next morning. So chapter seven yeah. is, if you go outside, this monster is going to eat your fucking heart. And the next chapter is, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Just wild we decisions a- in this book. It's so crazy. It's this is some of R.L. Stein's absolutely most bonkers writing. Like, just utterly bonkers. Um, he was trying out the Stephen King cocaine-fueled writing thing to see if it worked for him, and I guess he gave <laughs> up after this. Probably didn't like what it did to him. Oh, yeah, didn't this mark the, the period where, yeah, in the trivia, uh, uh, this was the first book in the series to establish a monthly release schedule. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So this is where R.L. Stein was like, I gotta start I, turning these fuckers oh out. Oh, my God. Um, I've been cranking it before, but I need to cr- crank the crank and knob to a left. So, okay, so here's my actual summary. Anyway, we had we hit, we hit had fun the next morning. The chapter opens uh, with a sentence with this both wildly incongruous with the last one and the events of this one. <laughs> the kids eat breakfast, uh, including scrambled egg squares. There's your, um, which is, I should note, is not an egg shape. Um, <laughs> mm. um Larry, whose le- whose legs are long, <laughs> I just have a note here. Yeah. Uh, they describe Larry walking as having lo- long legs, and I just thought of the Tim and Eric uh, bit. The uh, oh, my legs are long. Yes, and very, very long. <laughs> um, <laughs> Larry's legs are long. Breaks the kids into groups and takes over and takes our bunkmates to play scratch ball. Scratch ball. Scratch yeah. ball, everybody. Arl Stein explains what scratch ball is, and it sounds like baseball for losers. Um, <laughs> it sounds like if someone who wasn't familiar with baseball tried to play baseball. It sounds or, like which hmm. Mm. Or they didn't have bats or a field or uh, a, they, a grid. They're they okay. The Mario, did you? Uh, are you gonna? I'm gonna let you finish, and then I'll. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, well, let me see what, what I said here. Um, Mike continues to be just such a baby about his stupid snake bite. <laughs> 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 He's he has dying. To sit out. <laughs> He's dying. I'm just so glad I wrote that. I'm past me. Good job. <laughs> walk it off um, into your grave. Yeah, walk it off. <laughs> they literally tell the him to sit under the a long tree. Walk. Um, yeah, he has to sit out. I just, I, oh my god, when we read that, it was so fucking funny because the the mental image of every all the kids having a great time because this is when the line happens where like i forgot about mike immediately yeah 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 because he's sent to sit under a tree and the I, mental I, image of all these kids playing and having a great time while mike being is right slowly is while, dying while mike's corpse is slowly gathering flies <laughs> I, I mean i do feel like we're meant to kind of be tired of mike's shit right now yeah um uh, Mike bloated with poison wines. 
Mike bloated with poison and his inherent disgusting weight. <laughs> it was his fault. He got bit by a snake. He deserved it. If he hadn't been so corpulent and slow, the snake would never have bit him, filling the, him the to the snake, brim with. <laughs> the snake sensed weakness. Arl <laughs> oh Stein God. is an ally of snakes. He believes that snakes are just um, bad people, not human. <laughs> Uh, nope. Um, the venomous pus orb rolled. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they put him on the hill. Uh, so he would roll. His roll corpse would roll into the they fucking roll ocean and float away. Um, <laughs> a deeply boring segment ensues where ball is played, but soon we learn that Colin sucks. Uh, re- reveal himself as most likely to have a heated gamer moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm. um, Colin argues with Larry about some irrelevant bullshit. Uh, Larry handles it well, though, by killing Colin with a baseball to the head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we're about to jump off of it, but uh, yeah, uh, you didn't mention it. In this section, uh, the person who's throwing the ball in the air is yeah. described as the batter, but there is no yes. bat. <laughs> no, no. Scratch ball, to be clear, is a very stupid game where you just throw a ball in the air and run around like an idiot. <laughs> Why? Uh, they're calling him a batter and there is no bat. Anyway. Hmm. Hmm. Um, anyway, how, how you doing, Mike? You good? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> um, He's dead. Uh, Billy knows what La- Billy knows. Larry did so intentionally, even though he claims it was an accident. Larry takes Colin and Mike to the lodge, where again, uh, no nurse exists. Uh, Billy warns uh, that the horrors are just beginning, which was such a good place for my part of this book to end. <laughs> Which is a line that keeps happening, by the way. Yep. Mm-hmm. How was I to know? <laughs> Little was I to know. <laughs> Little was I to know that things were about to get amped up to 11. Oh, my God. Yes. All right. We begin chapter nine in the cabin. Billy and Jay are writing letters to their parents. Billy tells Jay that Larry intentionally hit Colin with the ball, and Jay flatly denies that Larry could do such a thing. They are interrupted when Larry and Colin enter the cabin. Colin is seeing double after getting beamed by Larry, and Larry tells the group that tonight is tent night. The boys protest because it's too cold for that. It's always too cold for tent night. <laughs> we rejoin all at the mess hall for dinner. The counselors are sitting together as before at a table in the far corner, ignoring the campers as per usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, the campers are engaged in a food fight. During this display of edible combat, Jay and a random heretofore unknown kid named Roger wrestle over a breadstick. Jay is victorious, but overcome with the ecstasy of victory, spills grape juice on Billy's pants. Roger declares that Billy had an accident. Jay affirms that Billy purpled his pants, and everyone except Billy shits themselves laughing to death over this amazing bon mot. Rather than pausing to grimly imagine his future as the representative peed pants kid, Billy leaves to replace his conspicuously polluted trousers. <laughs> Billy returns to the cabin and, opening Mike's drawer by mistake, discovers that all of Mike's belongings and trunk have been mysteriously disappeared. Billy, too upset to change, runs back to the mess hall and attempts to tell Larry that Mike is missing. Larry ignores him, chastises him for saying shit at the counselor's table, and deflects that Mike is probably fine, I don't know. This will be a theme. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, returning to the boys that make noise, Billy reports that Mike is gone. The boys are unmoved and speculate he was sent home due to his snake bite injury, due to his hand being like all hecked up. Uh, after dinner, the lads are forcibly taught camp songs, which is real. That's a thing that happens at camp. <laughs> yep. Uh, where you also loudly have to protest how much you love the camp, despite how shitty the camp often is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Jay and Roger begin adding gross lyrics to these songs in a vain attempt to retain some vestige of dignity in an unfeeling world. <laughs> uh, as the group makes their way to tent night, Jay asks Billy if he is still down to go to the Forbidden Cabin. End of chapter nine. What a cliffhanger. Wow. Will Billy go to the Forbidden Cabin? Can he resist the natural and immediate consequence of being called a little bitch if he refuses? <laughs> An amazing third option. In the very first sentence of chapter 10, Billy immediately and lamely refuses, saying, I think I'll stay with Colin. Roger calls him a chicken. Billy demurs that he is also tired, so tired that his hair hurts. Which, what a bitch. <laughs> I also wrote that down. <laughs> Jay and Roger muttered to themselves, planning their cool outing away from the ears of the despicable coward. This... May I also add? Yeah. May I also add? He describes. He's. He said. Okay. When he says he's. Um. He's tired. He. He adds. I felt so weary after this long day that my my muscles ache. My hair hair hurt. Uh, I'm somewhat wearied by the day. So weary. <laughs> so weary. Eh. Uh. Also. Uh. Can we note? So Roger is around in this book, and I just like to say Roger is such a poochie in this book. Uh. <laughs> he's such a poochie. Like. Arl Stein is committed to having four characters at all times in this book. So Mike's gone. Fucking throw in Roger, who we all love now. Anyway, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Immediately, there's this kid named Roger. He's just wrestling over a breadstick, but now he's here. He's definitely going to stay around too. And this we all is love a, Roger. This, <laughs> this is a theme that will uh, circle back around. You all must always have four chill. There must always be there four. Might, there must be four. Anyway, he's sorry. Got, continue. He's got the the Goonies rule. Also, I just want to reiterate because I don't think that we emphasize this enough. What with you know Mike's dead corpse being a very uh, a, a focal point of discussion. Yeah. Uh, lying fallow in the hot sun yeah <laughs> um i forget the, what was the kid's name uh who got a fucking who got concussed who is just colin colin is di- colin is in a has a concussion colin yeah, has a concussion colin yes. has a concussion and also when he was taken off the field they were like moving him immediately <laughs> and it's just like Yo, you don't do that to people who get head, yeah, head when, injuries. Yeah, when people have head or neck injuries, you're supposed to like grab their head and shake it around a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just just sure are you okay? Yeah, yeah. Just make sure that it's all put together. Yeah, you should slap them around a little bit too. Make sure they wake up. Yeah, I just he is. Oh my, oh my god. This this book is just a whirlwind of child hurt and murder. <laughs> it is such. It's it's extremely entertaining, but also terrible. Also, I. I had a really hard time with chapter 10 because I kept thinking that Jay had already gone to the bunk. Like I was like, there's a weird way of that he has of writing this chapter where like, I wasn't sure because of the, like the jump between the previous two chapters. Like I was like, I was like, what, where, what's happening? Where are we? Do we not, do we do the thing? Are we, what are we doing? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. You keep thinking he's done it, but then he asks Billy if he wants to go still. So yeah. 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 Well, that's, you know, you'll definitely know when things happen later on when R.L. Stein starts repeating sentences and paragraphs. <laughs> we had fun that day. It was a fun day. 
Colin dead in his fucking book. We had fun. Right next to him. <laughs> Colin so. is dead, and my and Billy's making a fucking wallet next to him. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is dead, and Colin's next. <laughs> so the squad makes their way to the tents, which have apparently already been set up by the counselors ahead of time. The tents must be quite large, since Jay, Roger, Colin, Billy, and Mike were apparently supposed to stay in the same one. Uh, Billy notes that the ground is really hard under his sleeping bag and that it will be difficult to sleep so I guess the counselors didn't provide any sort of tarps or pads or mats uh, alone in the dark tent Billy knows that the, that sleep will not be possible with the suspense of the forbidden bunk ahead. The air inside of the tent is cold and damp. He feels a bug crawling on his face and smashes that bug on his own face Yes, <laughs> Camping is truly the finest of hobbies <laughs> Uh, eventually Jay and Roger leave on their quest uh, to the forbidden bunk Colin and Billy wisely decide to sneak back into the bunk instead of sleeping on the cold hard ground outside the place where you might have to protect your neck and vital organs from a grizzly bear (laughs) they ditch that shit so fast and no one cares you know I would have been too chicken shit to do that sort of thing as a kid but they're absolutely right to do it I was like yeah you go back to that cabin get in there yeah, take Colin. We don't need him. <laughs> yeah, the, also, Colin shouldn't be fucking out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From the cabin window, uh, Colin and Billy listen for the progress of Jay and Roger. They can easily hear the two because the camp is eerily quiet. This is not a setup for anything dramatic. <laughs> Suddenly, they hear screaming, snarling animals, and a cry for help. The call to action has literally been made. Will Billy he- heed this call? Yes, in an uncharacteristic act of bravery, Billy leaves the cabin in his bare feet, calling after Jay. Jay runs to Billy in the darkness and reports in horror that something tore Roger apart. Oh no, he wasn't here for a really long time? This character that was just introduced wrestling over a breadstick is gone already? Damn. Wow. Rip, Roger. Hardly knew ye. Uh, uh, my co- my comment there is, oh no, Roger, who we all loved. <laughs> who we definitely remember the name of. Absolutely. <laughs> It is at this point that any young reader may understand why Roger, a named character, was suddenly introduced halfway through the story. (laughs) You just got to have a good amount of victims in a horror story, and sometimes it doesn't matter to set them up much ahead of time. Mike could have filled the position of the first victim, but his absence here might suggest to a particularly media literate reader that Mike is being reserved for something later in the story. Uh, Spoilers, no, not really. (laughs) I thought that was a setup. Uh, Colin joins the boys in the dark as Jay shouts in terror that the monster is now coming after them and chapter 10 uh, you you were uh, R.L. Stein laughs in the face of your media literacy <laughs> yeah. yeah he's about to pull he's, he's about to fucking pull the rug on you guys mm-hmm. uh, beginning of chapter 11 Jay passes out just slumps on over outside while they're being chased by a monster Billy grabs Jay and carries him into the cabin what a fine soldier For a moment, they wait in the cabin, panting and listening. Then Billy hears a low howl, cries out that it's Saber. Jay cries out, and Billy decides they need to find Larry. The boys argue as to why no one else has been alerted by the screaming where everyone else in the camp can be. Jay screams that the creature is coming through the window. End of chapter 11. They all stare in horror at the window, but actually nothing was at the window. (laughs) Jay had just been seeing things? What a vulgar cliffhanger. (laughs) He was, there's something at the window. No, there wasn't. <laughs> uh, I, I am so happy for, uh, that you are starting to learn Goosebumps and the way of, the way of the Stein. I that's one of his most egregious cliffhangers. That's like even the TV show knows you can't do that. Like it's even the the youngest child will be like, 
you can't do that to me. Yeah. That's not, that sucks. <laughs> you got to have something happen. My favorite one was in Monster Blood where it was like, oh, and then a, a person jumped me in the next chapter. Oh, I just tripped into a fucking mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh my God. It's like, oh, R.L. Stein, you can't do this. <laughs> well, he he just did, and he's well, he the one did. laughing now. Yeah. yeah, he's laughing all the way to the fucking bank, I guess. <laughs> so the boys stayed up most of the night, as you might, uh, in the morning, Colin wakes Billy for breakfast. Larry had never shown up. Leaving the cabin, the boy squad sees there is no sign of blood or kid guts in front of the forbidden bunk. <laughs> what a strange thing. In the mess hall, the kids confront Larry. They shout that Roger was attacked, ask where he was at, and so forth. Larry and the other counselors deny hearing anything and ask the boys suspiciously where they were last night, unperturbed by the missing dead children, (laughs) but really needing to make sure that they followed their orders. Billy admits that the, the attack happened at the forbidden bunk. Larry chastises them, but agrees to talk to Uncle Al about it after breakfast. We next join our characters for the morning swim. Larry appears behind them and says he and Uncle Al found nothing at the forbidden bunk. When the kids demand to know why Roger was missing, Larry drops upon them a bomb. The camp had no record of a kid named Roger. Shit! End of chapter 12. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Shit! Whoa! When asked why the boys would tell a story about Roger and the attacks, uh, chapter 13, Larry speculates that the kids are playing a weird joke on him. Larry decides it is time to exit the scene. He's probably very <laughs> tired of his sole purpose being to completely deny knowing anything. So he dives straight into the river. <laughs> Which is an amazing transition. Like, yeah, that's a that's a wet hot American summer leaving. Yeah, the it's the the walk off the walk off the the dinghy. Uh, yeah, walk off the pier. It's also yeah. uh, also I, I, this was uh, an amazing moment on the stream where we realized that uh, later that same uh, stream is described as being shallow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so this kid totally fucking ate shit. <laughs> Larry just dives headfirst into the dirt. It's about one inch of mud with a slap. <laughs> His feet are still sticking up out of the water. <laughs> you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> He's pretending to swim. <laughs> To try and save whatever dignity he could with his concussed brain. <laughs> they all, but we all agreed not to talk to Larry about this to, be, to, to maintain any semblance of his dignity. <laughs> so uh, Colin, Billy, and Jay remain on the bank, respectively tired, furious, and on the verge of tears. As Billy decides he might feel better after a swim, someone grabs him from within a bush. The bush entity clamps clamps his hand over Billy's mouth. Any reader without media literacy or pattern recognition will surely be fooled by old RL into thinking that Billy is about to die. End of chapter 13. Uh, I love that. Uh, so Billy like notices everyone else is having a great time at camp. But why aren't I? Why have I been so unhappy? Hey, Billy, uh, it's because two people died. <laughs> you I- <laughs> it does feel like pretty accurate to like the experience of being a kid where like occasionally really terrible things will happen to you and then you'll immediately transition into the most banal thoughts possible like uh, the the most like this was written by a child line in this entire book was we had fun that day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it really it does a lot for, uh, especially the twist, because once you know the twist and you read all these things back, it's like, oh, I can see why some of why someone like Arl Stein would think that maybe some of this works, but it has s- such far-reaching implications because of 
uh, we'll get there. But like this in particular is like, okay, you're meant to be learning lessons, but the kid is clearly not learning anything. <laughs> no, well, he, but the thing is, he comes in knowing everything. Yeah, right. he's just hyper competent. Yeah, he's just very good at everything. The, the but he doesn't know is, why. <laughs> yeah, like, like the ultimate twist makes no sense because you don't need to test Billy. He's already the smartest, best kid in the world. Like, right. I think what our old RL was actually teaching us was how to be disappointed in a story. And I'm being half serious because he's just like, okay, here's everybody, all you kids. You're going to read some stories later in your life where we set up a whole bunch of stuff and you do the work for 90% of it. And at the very end, the author uh, chickens out or gives up or just says, fuck my readers and just <laughs> rips the rug out from under them and says, it didn't matter. How do you, th what do you think about that? He's teaching them how to be disappointed with a narrative. He even made a cool named monster that he doesn't show. Spoilers. Oh my God. Saber. Oh my God. Yep. Saber. Yep. 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 <sighs> All right. So, uh, chapter 14. Do you remember Dawn, the named girl from the beginning? The bush entity is that very person. And another girl, Dory, is with her. Billy dumbly says they'll get in trouble if they are caught in the boys' camp. And the girls say they had to because the camp's true name is Camp Nightmare. Oh, no. Uh, girls have disappeared, they say, and no one seems to care. Billy says the same thing is happening in the boys' camp, that Mike had disappeared, Roger was attacked at the forbidden bunk. Uh, Don intimates that the counselors might want the kids to die and notes their parents have never responded to the letters the kids have been sending. Billy recalls that his parents had promised to write every day, but he had not received a single letter. This information he'll very soon forget. <laughs> uh, a whistle signals that swimming time is over. The Bush group agrees that something evil is going on and agrees that they need to meet again to decide what to do. The girls metal gear their way back to the girls camp. Uh, Billy goes to tell Jay and Colin what he had just learned on his way to the cabin, though he gets an idea. The payphone. He'll sneak up to the payphone and call home to his parents to uh, to tell his parents what's happening. I don't know if we mentioned it. The payphone is is visibly on a pole somewhere uh, in a conspicuous it's, area. I mean, I, we didn't mention it, but it's also barely mentioned before this either. So Yeah, it's just mentioned like in, in passing. So Billy dashes to the payphone. Any reader without media literacy or pattern recognition will surely be fooled into old, by old RL into thinking that Billy is about to be saved. <laughs> I feel like that's that's the calling card of Goosebumps. Yeah. Any reader without pattern recognition. Or, <laughs> or perhaps he will have a long, frustrating conversation where his parents will dumbly deny that anything bad is happening and suggest, I don't know, Billy, you are probably full of shit, LOL. <laughs> But no, the payphone is a stage prop. Oh, my God. Billy turns to leave and runs directly into Uncle Al. The fly, as they say, has become inside of the trap for flies. Uh, end of chapter 14. Um, at the beginning of... This one's got a lot of stuff in it. Chapter 15. Uncle Al demands to know what Billy is doing. Ever the filthy liar, Billy tells Uncle Al that he is homesick and wanted to talk to his parents. Uncle Al says, someone put up the phone as a joke. Wow. Very funny. Billy asks where the real phone is, and Uncle Al says no one is allowed to call out. It's a camp rule. That's even more serious than a normal rule. Uh, Uncle Al tells Billy to go write a long letter to his folks. Billy agrees to get away from this evil, weird man. Uncle Al tells him he has a scratch ball now, and we and uh, a scratch ball tournament now. He and has we a will scratch be going. Ball <laughs> yeah, I got the scratch ball. <laughs> and we'll be going on a. He, and Billy will be going on a canoe trip tomorrow. It'll be great, he says, squeezing Billy on the shoulder, probably to see how tough the meat is and estimate how long Billy will take to cook. 
This was me predicting where the story was going. Uh, it also turned out to be wrong. Billy finds Jay and Colin near the cabin and tells them to come inside. He tells them of his encounter with the girls. Billy then decides to write a letter to his parents to insist on coming home on visiting day next week. He has apparently not noticed the importance of his earlier realization that he had not received any letters from his parents who had promised to write him every day. Hilariously, he writes, Dear Mom and Dad, help! <laughs> a great letter. He stops remembering the canoe trip. He asks Jay and Colin if they knew about the canoe trip tomorrow, and they are surprised. Colin asks if Billy knows about a three-mile hike they're supposed to go on this afternoon, and Billy is surprised. Everyone is surprised. Jay and Colin tell Billy he should talk to a counselor named Frank to make sure Billy is not also supposed to go. Billy writes a letter to definitely his parents about everything that had happened at Camp Night Moon up until the part about the forbidden bunk. This was me also trying to predict where things were going, again completely wrong. Larry bursts in asking what the kids are doing in the cabin. Billy stealthily tries to conceal the letter, but he is apparently not very good at stealth. Larry suspiciously asks, what are you doing there? Billy says he was writing his parents, and Larry tells them to come to lunch. Billy asks Larry if he is also supposed to go on the hike, but Larry says, not today, before running at top speed to escape questioning range. Larry has a very annoying job in this clearly evil place. Uh, at lunch, Frank confirms that Billy is not on the list for the hike. Billy prepares to sneak back to the cabin and finish his letter, but Larry grabs him by the shoulder and informs him that he is slated to participate in a tennis tournament representing Bunk 4. This is the beginning of a wild shift in the narrative, uh, infamous among Goosebumpers as the tennis prodigy arc. We read of Billy's awkward first match against a little kid in straight sets, then his narrow escape from crushing defeat at the hands of the blonde boys from lunch, and finally his triumph over Kevin from Bunk 7, in which Billy, Billy intuitively masters the slice without any training. His victory celebration is cut short, however, when the large figure of his final opponent approaches the court from the woods. The campers look on in amazement as Uncle Al steps onto the court, brandishing a neon yellow tennis racket. Uncle Al takes a few practice swings through the air before swinging his racket once through the air so hard it produces a tiny wave of static electricity with a crackle. You think you're hot stuff, he says to Billy, tossing the neon orb in the air, but I'll put you in your place with my cyclone smash. <laughs> Any listener without media literacy or pattern recognition will surely have been fooled by me into thinking that Billy was about to embark on a journey into tennis. But this was all lies. I did my own cliffhanger. Take that. Wow. wow. Oh. Impressive. You know, when you see enough of these cliffhangers, you want to try one on yourself. Uh, exactly. God damn. I was going to say, you are doing an ex exceptional fucking job. Like, this is, it's a, it's truly like uh, an experience <sighs> listening to you. And then with that, oh boy. <laughs> I would have loved for this to turn into Prince of Tennis, but alas, <laughs> we've got dumber things to do. <laughs> Oh, we got a bad, a bad camp. A just consistently bad camp. An evil bad place where bad things happen. <laughs> Welcome to bad camp was the original Welcome title. Welcome to shitty camp. Welcome to this shitty camp. Welcome to bad place. <laughs> Returning to the actual story, Billy is made to represent Bunk 4 in the tennis tournament, which actually occurs in the space of four written sentences. Um, afterwards, Billy returns to the cabin to finish the letter to his parents. Jay and Colin have not returned from the hike. Surely they will, though. <laughs> Um, Billy goes to the lodge building to drop his letter off, finding the building empty. He notices the mailbag through an open door and attempting to put his letter inside, realizes that the letters he had sent at the beginning of the week were still in the bag. Oh my God, more lies. End of chapter 15. 
chapter 16. Billy goes to the mess hall for dinner where Jay and Colin are still absent. Billy accosts Larry about Frank, Jay, and Colin. Larry shrugs and denies knowing where they are, as usual. As they leave dinner, Larry informs Billy that he is the canoe counselor and that the trip is tomorrow. After breakfast, Billy returns to the bunk to find two strange new campers were occupying Jay and Collins' bunks. All of Jay and Collins' stuff is missing. Billy tells the new kids he will not be staying at camp and will go home with his parents on visiting day. But didn't you hear Uncle Al's announcement before dinner, they ask? Visitor's Day has been canceled. Oh, no. End of chapter 16. <laughs> There's so much. Okay. The, I think I think a thing about this book that is genuinely not very good. <laughs> anything right. <laughs> i know i know i know i mean i mean accepting all the other shit is that there is so much in this book of a person coming to the bunk and then going to the mess hall and then coming back to the bunk and then he's got to go back to the mess hall and then he comes back to the bunk and then he goes like it's it's just like there's a whole bunch of scenes <laughs> <laughs> and they could be condensed somehow, you know, like, or just not have him have to go back and forth so much. Yeah. Mario, <sighs> Mario, if R.L. Stein, if Jovial Bob Stein wrote efficiently, this book would literally be two pages. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> that, is, that is true. And, you know, even though it is really crummy to have him constantly be running, like tearing between all of our named places at top speed to actually do stuff in them, uh, it also is reflective of like the camp experience, like where your time is completely worthless and you have to occupy yourself at all times. And you do spend a lot of time just walking between places to do extremely tiny tasks. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, in this case, it's it's just bad writing. It's also, yeah, it's not it's not fun to read it. No, unfortunately. it's terrible to read. It's also not fun to do it. It's like, so it's like, yeah, it feels like a book written by a kid a little bit at these parts. Like, and then he went here and then he went over there and then he talked to this character. Yeah. The, it's the and, and then style of writing. Yeah. It's so and then. It's so and then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess I'll go. Uh, so I've got chapter 17 onto the, the uh, denouement. Um, so chapter 17. Which, by the way, I'd like to, I'd like to know real quick. Uh, you might think that a lot will happen, um, but I should note, we have only six chapters left. So, huh. <laughs> like, and You might think a lot will happen, you fools. <laughs> you fools. And I was, I don't know about y'all, but I was pleasantly surprised to find that the last three chapters are two pages apiece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. It, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Anyway. Chapter 17, uh, Billy goes to sleep in his new punk with uh, the new kids whose names truly do not matter as someone <laughs> shrieks loudly at him outside of the window. <laughs> the next morning, Billy rushes to Larry and asks him about Jay and Colin, but Larry wants to go canoeing right goddamn now, so fuck everything else. Chris and Tommy show up and everyone sets out for some canoeing. They instantly hit rapids. And Larry, excited by the prospect of seeing a fish, stands up in the canoe and immediately falls overboard. Billy, being a real one, jumps into the rapids to save him. I love how Billy is like, I better go find Larry and ask him about Jay and Colin. As if, again, our main character also has no pattern recognition because... No. <laughs> Even when they're on the, like, when Larry says, no, we have to go canoeing, he's like, well, I'll ask Uncle Al after we get back. Yeah, ask Uncle Al, the person who installed a fake phone and also has been destroying your letters. And, like, 
Billy, Billy, <laughs> my guy, I need you to just think for five fucking seconds about what's happening here. I want Billy. I want you to think a single word, and that word is danger. <laughs> Run. <laughs> He keeps thinking, God, where's Mike and Colin? Where are their dead bodies? And then, like, yeah. I'd like to go for a swim right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? White water rafting right now seems like a pretty good thing. Anyway, Mike's probably dead. <laughs> they went Mike whitewater rafting, and literally he says, I've never done this before. And Larry's like, don't worry, it gets pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, white rot, white rot, white, oh, I don't know why I can't say it right. Mm-hmm. I have gone whitewater rafting. Um it is uh, it at some point. Okay, let me just say this. At one point, we all were kind of freaking the fuck out. And me in particular, because I was the youngest person there. I was a kid at the time. Everyone else was adults. I went on this with my dad, who brought me along for a work thing that he had. And uh, we got stuck on a fucking rock. And it was kind of harrowing because we had to transition people from one boat to another. And what? Yeah, you get, you get in that water you're basically gone. <laughs> like you have to be well, uh, like if you survive the shock of the incredibly cold water, like then you got to contend with the current of the water. And it's just, it's I, a I whole mean, like, thing. J- let's get down to brass tacks here. It's not, it's not a fucking activity for three 12 year olds and no. one probably 16 year old, <laughs> like, especially in a fucking canoe. Oh my God. <sighs> yeah. Canoeing is rough. Canoeing I, I went is, on. Yeah whitewater rafting a lot as a in the scouts and i actually really liked whitewater rafting but it is a pretty dangerous uh thing and we did not have very many uh young kids going on it particularly if we take their level of skill to be equivalent to that of the children in the tv show where their understanding of how to row a canoe is to move their paddles in the opposite direction (laughs) (laughs) where they drown in in a motionless lake (laughs) jumping out of a canoe Oh my god. Chapter 18. Uh Billy gets a cramp as soon as he hits the water <laughs> and then finds Larry, quote, floating face down toward him. He's, He's dead. dead. Yep. I-, I hope those fish were worth it, Larry. <laughs> Billy grabs Larry with the quote life-saving technique my parents taught me, which is apparently to put a drowning victim in a headlock. <laughs> Billy swims Larry to shore, at which point Larry wakes up, I guess. No, no CPR needed. Uh, uh, the two walk back to camp for three fucking hours in awkward silence. Upon arrival, Uncle Al is told what happened and how the two uh, the other two kids floated down river because they quote didn't know how unquote to stop. <laughs> Uncle Al then bemoans the loss of his favorite canoe, his only real friend. The chapter ends with the line quote. I had no way of knowing that the scariest part of my summer was still to come, which is just a fucking bullshit lie. Un- untrue. Lie. Pa- patently untrue. Uh, completely untrue in any shape or form. But also, <laughs> uh, okay, I believe last book or maybe two books ago, R.L. Stein began, no, it was Let's Get Invisible, began the story with like the character saying that the book was going to be exciting and fun. And I thought, man, what a bold way to open your book, R.L. <laughs> you, here's the thing. That was interesting. You can't do it three times in one fucking book, Bob. You can't do that. <laughs> or can he? You can't be like, well, I think the book might not be very good right now. Uh, The scary part's coming up, though, I promise. (laughs) No, real. No, for real. real. Are you still reading? Please tell me you're still reading. (laughs) Welcome to Camp Rug Pull. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Camp Gaslight. Anyway, Mm -hmm. chapter 19. That night, Bully tries to get some sleep. 
but the forbidden bunk wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> just making noises all night. I just imagined like a stray cat's in there like, meow, meow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Constantly. Larry wakes up Billy for a, quote, special hike that everyone at camp has to go on. We get a lot of pointless recollecting about the previous day that only serves to remind the reader that Don and Dory still exist. Billy doesn't eat his French toast. Let me repeat. <laughs> Billy doesn't eat his French toast. Now you know he's upset. You know his he's upset. His favorite meal. He just pokes at it. Yeah, that's very sad. It's, I'm, I'm heart, heart pour, shattering. Pour one out. Pour one out for Billy. This is the French toast arc. Yes. It's a, it's a very tragic arc. The kids are ordered to form a line by Uncle Al, and everyone sets off to the waterfront near the woods. When the when they arrive, Billy heavily considers bolting into the woods because it turns out camp gaslight isn't much fun. See, I did it. Mm. But just as you, uh, but just as he is about to run, he notices Uncle Al staring at him with a rifle in his hands. Yeah. So, <gasps> so we should. Yeah. So, like, they, when he gets to that place, Uncle Al is like in brown in camouflage, like wearing sunglasses. Like, yeah. And they're making everyone uh, line up, uh, like. I was very uncomfortable at this point in time. Like, I was like, what the, what are we doing? Hey, what are we doing? <laughs> it, it's, oh my God, this is just, oh, it's a, it's like a mouse wheel, but then the mouse wheel is just careening down a cliff. <laughs> uh, much like Mike's lifeless corpse. Was this on purpose? Do you think, was he planning for a big rug pull the whole no. time? No, I, I feel like probably I, not. this this serves my theory that R.L. Stein, oh, I'm sorry, Jovial Bob has a bunch of twists in his back pocket. And this marks the, the beginning of the twist era, I wanted to say. Like, well, I think the, the last one did. really. Yeah, but this is this is establishing that it is now a thing like this is, is a thing. That it's not a one book. It's not a one off thing. This is an era of twists that we're getting into. And now I'm I am certain that he has a bunch of like twists that he remembers from the fucking Twilight Zone that he's just keeping in his back pocket. And this one being a perfect one where it's like, I don't have to worry about anything that I've written up until this final moment, all of its nonsense, all of its bullshit. It's just, it's, it's the, it was all a dream uh, that I mentioned earlier, but anyway, chapter 20 after some bullshit about uncle Al being a mind reader, when the man clearly has a hard time reading his own thoughts, Billy, along with all the other kids on this special, special hike is tossed a rifle and told to line up along the trees. Uncle Al lets everyone know two girls escaped the girls camp last night, which is kind of, you don't have to say it's the girls camp when the two yeah. girls escaped from it. It's yeah. kind of inferred. Yeah. And they were the same ones who snuck into the boys camp days ago. And now it's time to fucking shoot them with guns. <laughs> Line up campers. It's time to do war crimes. <laughs> I, I love that th he immediately goes back on this, but he doesn't need to. It would actually serve the point. Whatever, I'll get there. I know what Chap you're saying, yeah. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Chapter 21. Billy is in shock at the idea of shooting his friends and tells Al he's not killing anybody. Al notes that the guns are actually tranquilizer guns, which really won't fucking matter in literally every possible way in a couple of pages. Billy points. It's a weird de-escalation. It doesn't need to be there. Yeah, it really doesn't. It's, it feels like it feels like either either RL thought this might be getting too heavy, or 
Scholastic said, you can't put that this in the book, bud. You can't make him real guns. Uh, because, like, like, but that's the thing. You spend a, a like the this cliffhanger is that they are real guns. So yeah, like yes, the, yes. the conceit here is that the kids are already thinking that they're real guns and that's the danger. Yeah. So no matter what, the kids at us at some point have thought that there are real guns at well, play. And real guns were a thing earlier on in the book. Real guns are in here. It takes all the wind out of the sails of the ultimate like showdown scene anyway, because like you're yeah. just like, okay, well this doesn't matter because it's a fucking tranquilizer gun. Uh, but even weirder, this is 993. So like the like hesitance that media had about depicting kids and guns together was not even a thing yet. You know? Right. So like I think I know why they did it cuz in a second he's about to point that thing at Mr. Uncle Al and they probably yeah. probably the editors were like we don't want to show kids that it's cool to point a gun at an adult. <laughs> I guess that's probably true. I mean, when gun safety, it's one of yeah. the coolest things you could possibly do it's, as a kid. But I mean, anyway. <laughs> it would have been the most exciting part of this book. But again, uh, <laughs> I just love that this is don't. Uh, it's a real gun. Oh, don't worry. It's not a real gun. It's oh, one of the weakest. Don't worry. It's really, really not a real gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Billy points the gun at Al's chest and reiterates his stance. Al lunges. And Billy pulls the trigger. Which would be exciting if it were a real gun, but it is not one, so it's not exciting. <laughs> Billy, more like Killy. <laughs> more like gently take nap E. <laughs> throw off the yoke of your oppression E. <laughs> Chapter 22. In what is quite possibly the worst ending to any book I've ever read, or at the very least, the worst Goosebumps one, the gun softly pops. And everyone, including Uncle Al, recreates the Evangelion congratulations scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy is swarmed by people, including Don and Dory, Jay and Roger, and finally, his mom and dad. Also, Mike was there, but who cares? Al explains that Billy's mom and dad are about to leave on a very, on a quote, very important expedition and wanted Billy to come with them. So this whole camp was a test mm -hmm. because quote, children aren't allowed to go on official expeditions unless they pass certain tests, unquote. <laughs> I... I <laughs> I think Brandon's suggestion was he should play at the reveal of where they're going. Well, he just set it up. <laughs> but at the same time, that's really funny. Might that, just feels, that just feels like Bob losing his mind. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's why you wanted me to do it. I'll do it again, though. Right, you right, should definitely right. keep it there. It's very funny. You've got two sentences, though. <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually, uh, I've got a few. Oh, Al, okay. explain, Al explains that there were three tests. The first was a test to see if Billy would obey orders, which was what the forbidden bunk was for, so that you wouldn't go there and follow the order to not go there. The second was a test of bravery, which was Billy rescuing Larry. The third was a test when not to follow orders, because that's definitely not giving the kids like <laughs> confusing information, which was the hunt for Dawn and Dory. That's what that was all about. The secret fourth test was all about ignoring a fat kid's desperate pleas for help, apparently. But don't get too hung up on all that bullshit yet. There's more. 
Uncle Al then explains that this was all because Billy's mom and dad are going to the, quote, most dangerous place in the known universe. Where's that? Earth, says Billy's mom, completely fucking eviscerating any sense this book could have possibly made at all. Aliens. They, aliens. He, he was aliens the whole time. He was oh. aliens. Whoa. He was aliens. Y'all. He was he was he was a alien the whole time. He, uh, what the, the greatest piece of this book is that the cover of the book never fucking happens and Saber isn't fucking in it. <laughs> Saber isn't even shown and every kid in simultaneously goes, Oh, this bullshit. <laughs> I mean, you cannot do this, RL. You can't put a fucking monster in your book, talk about it killing people, have it maybe kill someone in your narrative, which is not real, but whatever, and then not even address it. You can't just be like, did Billy not want to mention, like, so Saber wasn't real either? Like, one sentence. One sentence, RL. You mean the monster wasn't even real? You mean the monster wasn't even real? Like, you can still do a twist like this, but also have a monster be real. (laughs) I mean, the show does it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into it in a bit, but one of the improvements the show makes is it does something. It explains Saber. Yeah, absolutely. I do have more here. Uh, I guess I'll read it. Yeah. This This is when you're supposed to think, oh, clever. That's why the campfire was purple and the critters at the beginning were called prairie cats and all the yeah, other I, weird I, shit. I assume that's, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's why they had grizzly bears. Because these are aliens trying to figure out earth culture. But then Billy's mom says, quote, no one has ever studied, unquote, earthlings. So how the fuck is Billy so cool with all this weird shit? Is this alien culture just extremely close to earth culture, but the animals roll around like Sonic the Hedgehog and, and I the fucking fire is purple? I assume the takeaway from that was that, that is, those are normal animals for them. Yeah. That those are not fake earth animals. They are normal animals on this planet. They just have grizzly bears and snakes. And egg, egg squares. But also That's grizzly bears saying. and snakes. But also grizzly bears. It's yeah, like so close. And humans are like, uh, but I guess that's also why some of the kids were, uh, some of the um, descriptions of people's arms were like, oh, they're really long arms. Oh, they're really long legs. And it's like, that's normal to them, but that's maybe, weird to us. Or maybe, they, I mean, maybe this, this RL just describing people cruelly. Like, it's, it's really hard to know what... It, like it's hard to know if he was foreshadowing or if the you know it just is rl stein writing you know like uh, it is a, a good point that like okay if we accept that the weird prairie cats are real why are grizzly bears also here does it a second yeah. planet evolved grizzly bears like and they call them grizzly bears like the you wrote this you you wrote yourself into a fucking brick wall stein like why did you even have the mom say that just be like yeah we've been studying earthlings yeah, and yeah. this is kind of like how we're, what we think you're going to like encounter when you get there you've been hoist by your own petard rl but even, but even then that wouldn't explain why the kids uh, the uh, 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 billy in particular isn't reacting to 
strange things. It's it, again, it's like, okay, aliens are like so close. Aliens are basically humans, but just tiny little things are different. But that doesn't explain why they're so dangerous. Apparently one of the most earth being one of the most dangerous places in the known universe. But I imagine that that's that. Like, well, I imagine that's largely because when they set down, they start making fun of fat people and get shot immediately, but whatever. I was so hopeful that the show was going to make some wild choices, knowing what the ending was going to be like, have them all have like, conical heads or something oh yeah give you some some hint or like or like make up a, a like that this was a camp for people with like a certain like medical condition and the medical condition would be some unrelated thing and and the thing we were seeing on them like that they had a little stubby third arm was because they're all aliens but no no it's amateur hour so also okay i got a big question yeah. in the in the book yeah. Or is my memory of the episode uh, conf- like being absorbed into the memory of the book? At the end of the book, did they look up into the sky and see Earth? No, that's the episode. Oh, because that I've got some fucking questions. No, it does raise questions. I.e., where are they? <laughs> like, are they on the fucking moon? What? Yeah. They're yeah. within. Yeah, that was just because they have to on, be. It's like a, it's mean, on TV and. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't a smart ending, so we're not going to try. Yeah, and I also, uh, Mario, you pointed out the red rocks earlier. I, I'm assuming it's like f- fucking Mars or some shit. I don't know. I mean, I don't fucking know. I don't know. Oh, my God. There's so many questions. Well, uh, I think like the idea was originally to have them be in a desert setting because then you could be like, you could set it on any planet at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. True. But they didn't like in the show, they obviously were shooting in Toronto. and, and Yeah, more, yeah, Absolutely. Like, idyllic east coast kind of setting or mid- midwest like camp setting barely containing their uh canadian accents oh I'm yeah. c- containing containing <laughs> maybe That's maybe generous. the container maybe the container was overflowing with canadia yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah oh this was filmed by the way it was filmed in oshawa ontario oh fun all right. Did we want to? Um, uh, do we have any other parting thoughts for the book, or do we want to just slam directly into? So let's just crash this car directly into the episode. <laughs> let's drive this bus, th- this clown bus. <laughs> let's drive it like we fucking stole it in the in the episode. <laughs> which okay, can we talk about? So right off the bat, let's just say this. Okay, the episode uses Evil Dead camera liberally, <laughs> uh, which is a choice. Uh, I think it's a good choice because they're. I think it is a good choice. They're amping up. Uh, saber they're like give you this like vfx warbly uh from the woods ovation of the yeah. campers a lot and it also cuts down on the like the boringness of all of our characters running back and forth between set pieces i mean let's let's just get right ahead of it this show the episode handles saber way better than the book did yeah it handles mike poorly but better than the book yeah did. i yeah. mean it yeah uh, they also skip like the first three chapters of the book. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Uh, not a bad choice. Nope. Uh, they also the, the acting by the cast of kids and adults is pretty good. Um, it is good. Yeah, I, I good. had a note specifically. Billy Billy's actor is pretty fucking good. Like pretty goddamn good. Billy's actor uh, played by Cash Eric Erickson, uh, and you uh, eagle-eyed viewers may know him. As the lead in the best episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, yeah, buddy. The dead Tale of float. a Dead Man's Float. Uh, he is also <sighs> leading that, which is interesting because in that one, he's playing like a nerdy guy. Oh. And in this one, he's playing. Here's the thing. I think Billy's actor is, is good. I think that Billy's character is worse in the show. 
Like well, he's worse in the show, but he plays better with like the ultimate thing where he was like a super soldier. So in, in the book, Billy is a relatively sensitive, introspective kid who is hesitant to perform acts of bravery. His refusal to go to the forbidden bunk, for example, as a, is more as a as a result of the of his fear than by actual concern for Colin. But in the show, Billy is a cool, competent, handsome leader type who looks like a member of Hanson. He refuses to go to the yeah. and bunk by coolly and convincingly saying he's going to stay with the injured Colin like he's actually concerned. And it's not ex- He has like big um uh like red ranger energy. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I was I I had a note where it was like uh yeah, he's definitely a kid Captain America. Like Yeah, right well, he he does like the come on guys, let's not let's let's cool it guys. Yeah. Like everyone loves that kid. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure like this isn't necessarily a bad change because like I'm sure as a kid I would have preferred this sort of depiction. Like I think people forget that watching confused and sensitive kids wasn't necessarily fun to watch for kids who live that all that life all the time. Uh, but like, yeah, he, he, it, and it also kind of plays into the ending where he's just supposed to already be pretty competent. Yeah. True. Uh, true. Yes. Um, uh, and as we said before, counselor Larry is amped way up in this version. Oh he is like yeah. Openly antagonistic rather than being aloof. Well, they also cast an actor, uh, whose name is man, uh, <laughs> Paul Brogren, Paul Brogren. Uh, Paul Brogren. Uh, well, Mario looks that up. I just want to. I just want to point out that the intro of this episode, this TV episode, is a cavalcade of sound effects and ADR. Whoa, 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 whoa! Stop, 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 stop! Everything, fucking okay. put a fucking pot. What the fuck? The actor that played La- Larry is in not only not. Only is he in Giant Mnemonic uh-huh. as Stump. He is in In the Mouth of Madness as Scrawny Teen. What? Whoa. Dude. Dude. Larry, you've had a career. Was Scrawny Teen the one on the bike? I bet you he was. I bet oh, you Oh, yeah. Was. Yeah. Oh, my God. We just watched that. I totally remember. I was like, why do I think I remember this oh, kid? No. It was- no, you know who he is? He's in the store. He's one of the people who asks if you read Sutter Kane. Oh, okay. He's oh, a, he's, right, right, He's right, a kid right, with right, glasses. Right, right. Oh, okay, There's okay. a kid with glasses and, like, bad, like, facial scars or whatever. That's him. Um, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. If I, Damn if, uh, if I, he isn't, I, I know it would be great if he was the bike kid. Uh, if you, uh, see the photo, you will recognize the guy, um, that he is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. he got uh, older. Recent grandpa, John Carpenter. Uh, congrats. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, uh, also in addition to people that turned up to 11, uh, the bus driver. Yes. Oh my god, he's like uh, flopping horribly with everything he does. He's just I mean, his actors like make it move the most. <laughs> he is like he is a step away from just farting and burping while moving these bu- like it would not be hard to imagine them just as he moves the bags off the bus just being like, <laughs> like he he's so crusty and just sloppy and gross. I love that um, he very nearly runs over the kids. Yeah. Um, very slowly runs over the kids, I would say. True. Um, so they, they like, so like, yeah, the, the bus stop thing still happens, although it's not at a bus stop. It literally is just in the woods, which does make them being abandoned there a little more, like, unexplained. 
Um, uh, that's fine. Uh, also, they keep Colin's look fucking perfect. Uh, <laughs> Colin's sunglasses, bandana shit. Oh, ooh. So cool. Mmm. Ooh, chef's kiss. Um, can we talk about Roger, though, for one second? <laughs> Go for it. Uh, I fucking hate him. <laughs> but he is so annoying <laughs> he's so funny he's so hilarious and funny. oh you, you ever you ever uh meet a guy who just absolutely thinks he's the funniest fucking person on the face of the planet <laughs> i wrote down every joke he said and not a one of them is good his first joke is hey camp nowhere we're here not it's not a joke roger that's nothing what you just said is nothing it does feel like what a 12 year old would come up with. I yeah. mean, it's a, yeah, it's not, a, yeah. He's occupying the, the, the voice and the look of the face of a person who knows what 90s comedians sound like. Yeah. Uh, but he's got nothing in the tank. Um, <laughs> uh, the, uh, also, this has a part, like, so they, at the bus stop, the monsters show up. But the, in this case, the monster is Saber, which is better. Which is better. Yeah. And we see Saber, and Saber looks cool. I Saber like Saber. Look cool. They made a really nice practical effects monster. Yeah, a little I animatronic. Like yeah. And the the, the yeah. cool thing, the best thing is that the, the they actually use the, like the an, the fact that it's an animatronic like comes up at the end. And yes, so the fact that it looks kind of fake is actually intentional. So that's a nice touch. And they do some cool stuff with them too. Like they have a couple of uh, of uh, what do you call it vertigo type shots with the, mm. with him approaching Billy. They have a couple of scenes where. You know, Saber's approaching and they whip grass out of the way, Jurassic Park style. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, it is good. It's. I think it's well done. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the fuck? Hold on. I've been reading the trivia on the, on the Camp Nightmare page. Listen to this. Stein once stated that the name Camp Nightmare came to him while he was visiting his son's sleepaway camp, which was infested with bugs. So interestingly, the Dutch version of Camp Nightmare better captures what R.L. Stein was thinking about. Oh my god. Yeah, that huh. reminds me of how many times the kids like slap bugs out of their face or like squash them directly into their forehead. Interesting. They should have done that. Go with the bug thing. God, R.L. Yeah. Stein, you had a good idea and the Dutch like used it. Isn't the Dutch R.L.? Like you need to trust the Dutch. <laughs> um uh uh so uh billy like tells everyone to like keep cool and uh is like standing in front of them when the when saber shows up and they're all like oh billy oh no billy look out like uh, just such a cool guy cool guy Uh, anyway a fucking explosion happens. (laughs) yeah oh my god i have in my notes holy shit pyrotechnics yeah, so our, uh, our Uncle Al fired a flare gun <laughs> at uh, at Saber, and it created a fucking thermite explosion. <laughs> Ten-story tall explosion just in the middle of the wilderness. It's also shot really weird. Like, it, it's clearly very distant and far away from where everybody is, and in the middle of a bunch of trees. And did did it look sped up to you guys? Did it look like weirdly like the frame t- the frame timing was like really weird? I didn't notice. I'm not it. sure if it was sped up, but it did look. It was really. It was shot very strangely. It is it strange. Was clear that yeah. they're not used to shooting things like that. Yeah. This is followed by an amazing sequence where um, Uncle Al introduces himself um, <laughs> by saying like the latest technology freaks him out every time, and uh, he goes like I'm Uncle Al. 
and the kids all go, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, the camp counselor. And they all and go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Al's actor kills it. Also, you're going to have to, uh, your Uncle Al uh, impression needs some work because you need to sound like just like barely containing your uh, Canadian uh, heritage, but again, it's I would argue he doesn't out. barely contain. Yeah, no, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like it's, but no, it's coming out anyway. <laughs> he need to say, he need to say, freak some mood every time. Um, <laughs> freak some uh, out <laughs> every time. Um, it's um, time for us to go on the river and get in the boats. <laughs> uh, so he what are you ex- freaking out about? Uh, so they he explains who Saber is at this point um, and tells everyone to grab their duffels, uh, mm. which I then thought, I'm not here to pack my duffel. I'm just here to do a sex fender shuffle, um, <laughs> which is funny when you look at Uncle Al in this like, <laughs> yes. um, uh Uncle Al's also kills it in this thing. Uh, he's great. He's, uh, Uncle Al, job. for being very Canadian in this role, is del- a delight to watch. A delight to watch mm-hmm. this role. Um, who is the actor who played Uncle Al? That's a great question. What has he been in? He should be in more. Um, a good man. He should be in more things. Chris Benson is the actor's name. He's in Queer as Folk as a football coach. Um hmm. Maybe he's just cut out for this role. Yeah, maybe. Um, Supporter of children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he died in 2019. That yeah. sucks. <sighs> um, R.I.P. He was in Resident Evil Apocalypse. What? Is he? <laughs> Wait, what? Am I looking at the right Chris Benson? Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, he is on Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock. Fuck, he's an Alf- he's an Alfred Hitchcock presents. He's also in the Santa Claus, oh, I'm starring Tim Allen. Yeah, um, he was in Resident Evil Apocalypse. Who the fuck was he in Resident Evil wait, Apocalypse? As Lance Halloran. What? Who is that? Lance Resident Evil. He's the gun shop owner in Raccoon City. Oh, <gasps> what? Running mostly cult. Oh my god, that's really sad. That that's a pretty that's a pretty um uh, fan I think that's a fan favorite character in the in the games at least. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah, RIP. Oh, what the fuck? Okay, that's that sucks even more because while the character was listed in the credits, he's not actually in the movie. What? So they cut his scene. Uh, oh, oh God damn it. That oh, I'm so frustrated for him. How annoying sucks. is it to go out there, get the job get the role, do all the work. And then be cut. God damn. From Resident Evil Apocalypse. Like, of all things, yeah. Yeah, fuck. A, a, a crime to do to such a distinguished actor with roles like Uncle Al, I would say. Yeah. Uh, his his uh, IMDb page, the photo is his picture of, of him as Uncle Al. I yeah. don't doubt that it's his most famous role. Um, yeah, I'm sure he was on the set of Resident Evil Apocalypse. And <laughs> everyone was like, Uncle Al! Back to the topic at hand. Can we talk about the fact that Mike has rolling luggage? <laughs> uh, because they're packing, they're they're grabbing their duffels, and Mike has rolling luggage, and I think that's fucking hilarious. It's, it's, and he's dragging it across the gravel. <laughs> that that to me is more on point than anything RL wrote about Mike in the book. You know what I mean? Like, I got a better understanding of what Mike's book character would have been like by the rolling luggage thing. They could have dropped the horrible fat shaming easily and just right. did that and i was like oh i got it okay yep got it got it yeah like 
I feel like presenting Mike as like just a nerd who isn't like used to like being outdoors at all is like yeah. not not terrible. Like as long as you I present mean, it like I, well, it's a trope, but we all know what it is. I mean, yeah, like, I would have been that kid, so it's fine, you know. And um, I'll take it over the fat shaming. Fat shaming. Oh my god, damn it! Which we're about to get into. Uh, hey, here's a fun one. Uh, Billy says is talking to Don about his parents. And he says, my parents go to town a lot. And Roger says, what do they do? Rob banks? That's so fucking funny, my that's dude. That's so fucking that's so funny. so fucking funny. He's oh, so my God. That's funny. hilarious. Oh You're such a fucking funny guy. Um, and I just wrote here, the chemistry between Billy and Don is palpable. <laughs> they're just like, oh, what do you do? I am a person. Oh, wow. <laughs> we've, got, we've got everything here. We've got comedy. We got drama. We got romance. Romance. It's a complete um, narrative. Um, <laughs> did you? Okay, Bob. I have a question. When the yes. when the counselor first shows up, yes. Did you notice the dramatic way that she stands? Because she poses in the sassiest way possible, <laughs> and for a second. I thought she was meant to be Larry. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening? I was like, yeah. um. For, for a brief second, we were like, uh-oh, did they make Larry a fake character? Are you <laughs> like, gonna, like, like, punch down on, on, on gay people, too, oh in this thing? Oh, boy. And no, like, no, 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 I didn't, no, 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 I no. actually didn't think that, no, because, uh, yeah, they introduced, um, the, 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 uh, counselor well, from the, the, it was late, before the they camp. said who she was. It was before they said she's from the girls' camp. They just oh, said, like, okay. she just, like, walks up, and I was like, well, the counselor we know is Larry, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, we were both like, oh, no. <laughs> like, um, uh, bullet dodged. And, uh, bullet dodged. Um, but another bullet's coming, and it's going to hit him square in the face. <laughs> well, um, what's the, I mean, they, um, they show the Fred and Bunk, it looks like shit, um, they go to their bunks, uh, Khan's like I'm supposed to sleep in here and Jay says we're gonna stay up all night and begins playing rap music TM <laughs> like yeah uh, yep. and then and then Billy unpacks his cookies and it's the weirdest interaction he has cookies and Mike says hey look cookies from mommy and Billy's like actually daddy <laughs> like like you want I don't I don't know why <laughs> these cookies are from daddy from my daddy <laughs> from daddy. Um, why is Mike an asshole here? Like, I don't know why that's happening. I think like sometimes the uh, the way they feel these things out is, well, he has to be something. So just have him do something that isn't just like, yeah, have him be an asshole or a baby. We've got to hate him for something other than being fat. Mm-hmm. Please. Is that I you had a, is that the fat shaming thing you were you were getting at? Uh, there's another one later, but yeah, okay. it, it, it's like there's that line, and then it's just all fat shaming after that. Like when he gets bit by the snake, and uh-huh. he's like, ah, uh, uh, one of the kids. I think it's uh, I think it was fucking Roger because he says not enough so chips in your cookies, not enough chips in his chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what, <sighs> man. The, also, the graffiti. Uh, on the wall of a cabin, the glowing red graffiti that yes. says "Saber is hungry." That's pretty good. Yes, it was. That was that was very good. Also, uh, yeah, the fat shaming is also very, very fucking strange because Mike, Mike isn't fat. He's not. It's not. It's not fat at all. No, he's just a normal looking kid. He's just a kid. Like, yeah, maybe he's got some baby fat, but like, dude. <laughs> that's- well, I think 
it's interesting too on Mike because I think Mike is a failure for a lot of reasons, not the least of which being that uh, the snake bite is handled very poorly in this yes. episode. Like it happens off screen. He never shows the bite. There's a part where he shows it to Larry at Larry walks in and discovers this, where he shows it to Larry, but like it, you can clearly see he's not showing it. And Larry's like, Oh, get out of my face. <laughs> You disgusting dweeb. <laughs> also, uh, when Larry walks in and he says, the name's Larry, and he holds up the L sign next to his yep. head. The Amazing. L7 loser Amazing. thing, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, my God. Larry is on 11 in this. Uh, there's no nurse, and Larry says it's because Al doesn't run a camp for wimps. Mm-hmm. He says it with the most disdain a human being can say any sentence. Al doesn't run a camp for wimps. Um, <laughs> he, like this he's is like, just no. like, what do you think? We're running a camp for wimps? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like so shitty. He's so <laughs> shitty. It's incredible. Like they gave this actor one direction. It was be the worst version of yourself possible. <laughs> and then we don't spend a lot of time dwelling on the bike. Cause we jump immediately to the, um, uh, fire scene. Did you like the song? Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> Did you catch lyrics? Cause I wrote the lyrics down. Go ahead and read them. Um, night moon, night moon, our hearts are full of pride. Night moon, oh night moon. Uncle Al will be our guide. Coddlers and whiners, they are not welcome here. Yep. Night moons for big guys, there is no place for here. <laughs> That's Night moons for big guys. It made me think of the turbo team. <laughs> 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 You're not part of the turbo team. <laughs> no, it, yeah, just a uh, Mike uh, as he's dying, holding his fucking infant. Like, Night moons for big guys. <laughs> Night moon, there is no thing to fear. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big guy. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big boy. I'm a big <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Love to die singing that song. Uh, Mike is dying yet again. Uh, he is. He can't feel his entire side um, and can't even eat the hot dog he's offered. And then fucking Uncle Al like starts giving Billy guff for feeding this kid who's been sitting silently dying away from the campfire all alone. And uh, when he explains Uncle Al... Uh, is so apologetic that he labels Billy his number one camper. Wow. Wow. So prestigious. Also, when Uncle Al looks at Mike's arm, which is completely bandaged, and yeah. is like, oh, I've seen worse snake bites than this. You're going to be fine. Looks looks good to me. Really? Does it? Does it, Al? Interesting. I've got snake venom coursing through my veins. <laughs> Sleep it off, kid. You're going to be fine. Wake up. You wake up tomorrow. You'll be fine. You know, if you wake up. <laughs> If you wake up, um, they uh, there's a scene where Roger gives Mike a marshmallow and he eats it. And he's like, I just found that off the, on the ground. And Mike is just like, OK, whatever. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, I'll I mean, eat anything because I mean, who I am. <laughs> in fairness, he does already have snake venom coursing through his body. What fucking difference does it make? Yeah. It's um, like, what a, oh, no, dirt. <laughs> if I'm going to die. I won't die hungry. <laughs> um, they look at the bunk. Jay does the wants to go look it out, uh, look at it, and Billy's like, "No, I don't want to go." Uh, and uh, Jay does a chicken impression. So insert your Arrested Development chicken clucks here. And then Roger says, "Maybe the number one is afraid of doing a number." Hey, <laughs> what? 
he says maybe the number one is afraid of doing a number and then it's cut off by someone no, saying hey i yeah. heard you but what <laughs> like, do, a number like t- do number two s- bob you can't say number two on tv there's kids watching but what what's the joke do what? a number two a number two uh, you're what where's the context for the joke you need joke telling lessons why are you saying well, because that because the because the bunk would be very scary and he'd shit his pants he'd, oh. he'd do a big shit in his pants because it's so scary <laughs> okay gotcha, <laughs> he's gotcha. a number one camper so he'd do a big number two i, I just, like for it, some reason i was like what so you're gonna go to the there's a bathroom in there like what like why Maybe the number no that that's actually the subtext of this book is or this episode is that Billy is afraid of pooping, and so <laughs> maybe maybe number one's afraid of shitting ever. You big idiot! Take a dump. <laughs> Zooms in on his face, and he sweats and looks down. <laughs> I wasn't gonna talk about it, but on the stream that I did, uh, it came up that like immediately as soon as Rogers introduced, like for some reason the topic came up that he had he had shit his pants but he was trying to be really cool about it <laughs> and like the entire thing just be- became this uh just downhill uh conversation about how shitting your pants is cool actually because roger did it and convinced the entire uh, squad of kids to shit themselves to be cool dear journal today was my first day of third grade and i learned that shitting yourself is really cool actually <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know how it keeps coming up i i didn't say anything to these guys you before didn't. we started i said nothing and it still came up it did roger and shit are just in, in, <laughs> intrinsically linked he's got um, shit in his veins he's got shit in his veins and That's shit in his good. pants um that uh, means he's extremely cool so uh yeah hey, it's cool guy um so saber appears again there's more evil dead cam wonderful also uh it, quote that's the forbidden bunk quote why is it forbidden because it's fucking clearly burned down <laughs> it's well, just also when they're walking back someone says the forbidden bunk and then jay says we gotta check that baby out <laughs> <laughs> we gotta check that baby out <laughs> that baby right <laughs> the forbidden bunk where is it in the forbidden bunk that's where the forbidden bunk is <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh in the morning mike is gone oh my god and th- Oh, there is a fat joke, yeah, where they said there's no blankets on his bed, and Roger says he probably ate him. Ate him! Oh, that's so fucking funny, Roger. That's so fucking hilarious. Like, that's not even a good joke, Roger. Like, that that doesn't even make any fucking sense, because as established, Mike is not fat in this. So, like, that's not even a... like. <laughs> you think that telling a good joke is a priority to fucking Roger? <laughs> No, I don't. You're the jokes don't have to be good. Clearly evidenced by all of his terrible jokes. He just has to say something with the voice. The children should carry him to the forbidden bunk and throw him in. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sacrificial. Uh, so uh, Billy finds Mike's bandages outside for some reason, and then he like approaches a wrestling a wrestling bush where you think Saber might come out, but instead he is Pearl Harbored by a guy. <laughs> Uh, then the guy is there and he tells Billy to go to the lodge where Larry is eating breakfast. I don't know why this guy is here. (laughs) Oh, this is George. It's George. Yes. Yeah, it's George. George, A a character from not the book who is clearly a weird character. He's like bald with glasses, but I think he's got like a bald wig on. I think he's meant to be handicapped in some capacity. They have fog machines going on behind him and the camera's got like a big old, like not a Dutch angle, but they're looking, you know, up into his face. Yeah. In a, in a sinister, like weird gardener moment. 
Yeah, it, well, the vibe I got is, like, the way he talks, and it's, like, very curt, and uh, very, like, slow, it made me feel like they were trying to, I don't know what they were doing, I don't know, I don't know what they were doing, but it was a weird vibe, let's put it that way, um, uh, I don't know, it was just odd, also, he's not in the book, so I don't even know why he's fucking here, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Mm, mm. Mm. Um, they go to All breakfast. I know is George is the uh, uh, animatronic dude. Yeah, he's the guy who operates Saber. Yes, he is. I, I think I, I presume that's the entire reason they add him to the show. I, yeah. I presume. Um, then they go to the the, la- the lodge where. Okay, did you notice the guy sitting next to Larry while they were eating? Yes. Holy shit! <laughs> Holy shit! I mean, he has a speaking part, right? Yeah, he does speak a little bit. I mean, he had bright red dyed hair, backwards cap, chin strap beard. Dude was the most 90s kid I've ever seen. Like he's he he's so cool. He must have shit his pants like twice so far. <laughs> that guy that, I bet that guy shits his pants. Like, that guy's got shit in his pants right now. That guy shits his pants. I know that guy shits his pants. Um and then okay, so Larry makes an announcement and I know that I'm sure he says get your faces out of your bowls, but um what I heard Larry say was get your faces out of your balls. <laughs> <laughs> there oh yeah there was a line in the book where uh at the very end it was like i think it was describing billy who said that uh, they said uh, stein said that billy's jaw had hit his knees yeah <laughs> and i was like is this a thing that for like the uh, descri- describing the aliens but it yeah. doesn't really matter because it's just like <laughs> billy had unhinged his jaw <laughs> yeah like this, this this race of uh, 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 aliens can uh, you know they're they're be- much better and very superior to us because they can all suck their own dick. I think that the book would be a lot better if occasionally Billy uh, began chittering to communicate with, uh, <laughs> with everyone else and began exclusively talking about the need for uh, the queen's jellies. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all began to vibrate sympathetically. <laughs> <laughs> if Billy was like, "Oh, mom and dad." <laughs> <laughs> oh son oh son <laughs> um then they go play baseball because no one thinks scratch ball is real um i, I think it's a wise choice it's the kid. correct choice absolutely they don't have to explain baseball to kids no that's way better it's it's way better i mean scratch ball was dumb anyway so like yeah, yeah. um uh then the ha- the call and get a hint in the head scene happens and it's so fucking funny when they cut <laughs> To the picture of like dramatic picture, a shot of Colin's sunglasses on the ground with like one lens out. Oh, powerful, <laughs> powerful. His helmet in slow motion yeah. spins yeah. to the ground with a giant ball shaped dent in the back of it. Oh, it's like powerful. he wouldn't have brains anymore. There'd just be a <laughs> hole. They, the, this, so uh, this is one of the uh, Uncle Al Canadian moments too because he says, uh, tough it out. <laughs> tough it out. Tough it out. Tough it out. Uh, and then they have survival night, which is the tent thing. Um, survival night is every night. <laughs> survival night is every night. Uh, Roger gets eaten. Same stuff happens. They, Jay comes out. And they find Jay in the field, and he's screaming. They run, but 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 there is one critical, amazing thing about this TV show, and it's maybe the best thing the show does, uh, besides the saber stuff. And it's during the sequence where they are afraid Saber is trying to get in the cabin. 
Colin spends the entire time in a full body sleeping bag <laughs> with his face sticking out of it. And he is so fucking funny. And, like the, the person filming it knew exactly how to frame the shot <laughs> to make him look the dumbest possible. And also they have someone off screen physically dragging him around. So like he'll say something and be like, Saber's coming. <laughs> like close up full frame of his face in the in the sleeping bag. Saber's coming. And then they'll his okay, his sleeping bag is like this it's big, it's yellow, like neon yellow, and he's he's they they have it wrapped it's like a mummy bag. So just his face is sticking out of it with the line drawn taut so that's just framing his face and he looks like a bag worm or a caterpillar. Yeah, a caterpillar. I kept, yes. I kept thinking worm or caterpillar yeah also and they keep doing these like smash cuts to him like zooming in on his face with a dutch angle as he says like, something saber's coming. <laughs> coming and it's so good it's inspired like whoever shot this knew exactly what they were doing and like had probably worked on kids commercials where they do this sort of shot all the time you know what i mean yeah like, i also think this is extreme uh jeff goldblum in jurassic park energy like yeah. when he when he gets hurt and he's like talking quickly and like oh oh you know, yeah 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 which is funny that you mentioned Jurassic Park uh, earlier of course. yeah um the uh there's a part where like he'll he'll just like calm will say something and then he's under the bed hiding and so he'll like poke out say something and send the, <laughs> and then someone someone off screen will pull him <laughs> under the bed like he'll just slide back under and, and he makes so, like a pitiful sound when he does it oh, too. he goes like yeah, there, <laughs> there's a part there's a part uh what what is it um there there's a part where so okay so the cliffhanger of the episode is uh, this is a two part and the cliffhanger is the door bursting open okay the door bursts open and it's larry so it's actually a better cliffhanger than the book where it's nothing but um like colin says something and larry brushes him off and instead of just like just leaving it the camera stays on colin who goes <laughs> and slides and slides out of the bed it's amazing it's yeah, he so makes fucking donkey good noises. everyone was screaming Shut up. Real sick joke, guys. It's incredible. It's also incredible. The, uh, it, we skipped it, but the way that we got here is uh, he's still in the bag and the kids were running with the bag. With him. To, they had to, they had to, to carry him. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it's clearly like nothing is in the bag. Like... <laughs> The the kid the uh, it's just so fucking funny. I also like, I think at one point they drop him. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. Uh, I also love that uh, during the sequence uh, they all have flashlights and literally everyone yes. shines the flashlights directly in each other's eyes every time. Like every single time they they cut the flashlights go boop right in the eyes. <laughs> yeah, right in the face. And you know what? I already explained why they did this in in on the um the uh, uh, drive, uh yeah 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 drive kid episode. But uh, I felt it it was exceptionally funnier in this one because right when um, they do that, Billy goes, get that shit out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> and then they proceed to do it for everybody the entire rest of the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there's more Saber prowling around the cabin stuff. So in this version, they were actually Saber actually was following them, which is kind of a good thing. Kind of an improvement, I would say. Um, however, we've reached episode two of this story, and at this point, uh, the people making it gave up completely on everything. Uh, so they they uh, 
So Larry tells him to go to the lake, but Billy needs to go find the phone, right? So we do the, the fake phone scene. But before he goes, Jay's like, Jay says, maybe Mike and Roger's bodies are rotting away in the forbidden bunk right now, which is such a bonkers thing to say on a Fox Kids TV show. <laughs> yeah. Like, it would be like if on Power Rangers, they blew up a monster and were like, his bones are rotting in the sun. <laughs> like, um, he's in hell now with Satan. I won't rest Rita Repulsa until the vultures are eating your flesh in the hot desert. Um, the fake phone is extremely obviously fake. Like he pulls it off the wall and the phone is like rubber, but he still tries to use it. Like, it's, like it, it folds up and he still puts it to his face. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. However, this is all irrelevant because instead of having Jay and Colin go on a hike, Jay and Colin are disappeared in the dumbest boat accident ever put on film. <laughs> this is the this is easily the worst part of both episodes. Easily. They the Mike uh, Billy comes upon them in the on the lake on the still lake in a canoe where they are rowing like this is really fun and they're both rowing in opposite directions so all they can possibly do is go around in a, like in a circle like this like they ah, can, we're this having keep, a great time uh, <laughs> spinning around in they're place. spinning around like idiots and, and like Larry runs out and he's like you didn't put on life jackets you gotta put these on so he throws them things that are not life jackets yeah he throws them like a a, life a floating life preserver and not even good ones like a duck one a cute duck one like uh and they stupidly stand up in the canoe to grab them and then the canoe flips over and we are led to believe that not only have colin and jay drowned in this lake but also that when billy goes to rescue them larry's like you want to go under too man it's a still you're they're 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 two feet from the dock like i rewatched like, yeah. this because i remembered it being really frustrating and billy declares he is going to jump in and save them larry tells him not to they struggle on the shore for no reason yeah Billy's no reason thrown no in reason. as and larry shouts i was never here and runs away yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which that part is very funny <laughs> that, that, that part's pretty good uh, and uh, just want to real quick point out some real like if this happens to you in uh, uh, advice mm -hmm. um, I've for some reason I've done a lot of research on this very topic because it's something that movies or that people who think they know a lot about movies um, like to criticize about movies where people hmm. like uh, jump uh, jump in and like save I people or not saving people. I don't know. It's probably some fucking clowns on YouTube. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, there, there's something to be very uh, cautious about when uh, you're trying to help a drowning victim. And that is that you don't yourself get drowned because yes. there is a yeah. response, a drowning response, which is something that humans do. Uh, generally speaking, if you're not used to having water filling your lungs and being on the precipice of death, you will panic. Yeah. And when you when you are in the state of panic, you are trying to get yourself above water, which leads you to lashing out. And if you are someone who is trying to help a person who is doing this, you may yeah. inadvertently be pushed underwater as they try yep. to use you as a buoyancy device. Yeah, this is this when um, yeah, this is called um, a rescuer drowning, and it is actually recommended to let a person who is doing this drown become limp unconscious yeah. unconscious drag them and then perform cpr and just real quick everybody should learn how to do cpr everybody 
learn how to do it. It's really easy. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it, it's something that like, oh, and in this specific instance, it's also really important to note that they are very close to the, to the, to, uh, uh the, 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 whatever it's called, the, the super close, the super close. The also, it's also even, it's also extremely blatant because like the flotation devices are literally next to them. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Oh, no. And, and Roger, like, forces himself under extremely obviously. Yeah. And, and he, like, really, does the whole, like, go up and then down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no one watching this could believe that there's even a remote chance that this is really happening. Just to come back briefly to the uh, the drowning safety. Like, we obviously, we covered this a bit in Boy Scouts when we were doing, uh, like, ocean kayaking and things. Uh, it, it's it's They tell you a lot because it is... Even recognizing people who are drowning is difficult because sometimes they'll just be like at their nose line in the water and they're just barely holding on, but they don't look like they're drowning. They're not splashing or screaming like you would see depictions of, right? Right. Uh, it's it's it is something that if you don't know what you're doing, you shouldn't even attempt it because it'll you can get dragged down too. Exactly. Like if you don't know what you're doing, the best thing that you can do in that situation is get someone who does know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, there are videos on YouTube uh, where it's like it's it, it's like a, at a wave pool. This happens a lot because wave pools are very a variant. And especially if when there's a bunch of people in there, it can be it could just be a nightmare. Like people like don't even know that they're like pushing kids under mm -hmm. the water and they're right next to them. And uh, there's there's an amazing video of a lifeguard at one of these wave pools where it's just a sea of people. And like you challenge yourself to be like, OK, who's drowning? There is a person drowning here. Try to find them before the life uh, lifeguard jumps in and saves them. You cannot do it. Like there is, it is like, oh man, much respect for lifeguards. Jesus Christ. That is so, that is such a hard job and hard job. And it's, it, yeah, it's, that's crazy. It's Didn't uh, the really cool. Yu-Gi-Oh author die in a yes. rescue drowning? Yes, he did. He, yeah, he did. He did. The creator yeah. of Yu-Gi-Oh died in a rescue drowning. He wow. was in Okinawa and people were drowning. He jumped in to save them and, mm -hmm. and probably uh, was last pulled year. after himself. And that was last yeah, year. It was, it was July 4th of last year, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Creative Yu-Gi-Oh! is apparently just in general a really good guy. Wow, R.I.P. The the episode has now gone completely and totally under the, off the rails. Um, <laughs> under the water. <laughs> Colin and Jay are, to, are apparently, as we are led to believe, completely gone. They are no longer in the water. Which, I'm okay. sorry, the first nope. place that I thought to think of was, did, did you check under the canoe? Like, well, what? you should be able to see their legs anyway. Like, their legs should be sticking yeah. out of there. Like, I mean, it, ah. it, it would be hard. Also, I don't know if, uh, you know, I can open my eyes underwater, but only yes. in certain water. And like, you uh, know. I think we can safely assume that Billy, the greatest child to have ever lived, can definitely uh, open his eyes underwater. <laughs> Perfect soldier, Billy. Perfect soldier. <laughs> Perfect soldier, Billy. Um this again like it's all falling apart now they don't know what to do billy just like wanders around for a while and they learn that they can do dutch angles so they just keep doing them like yeah. there are so <laughs> many dutch angles in this next segment it's just like dutch angle dutch angle rotate camera dutch angle um uh in case you didn't know that billy is under a lot of stress there's even a wild shot where they have the camera lying on the ground and they track him as he runs towards it and then pan like or, and, yeah and rotate yes. it up and back towards him mm. yeah they were trying um yeah. That's the wonderful thing about this is like it you can really feel in some of these episodes like people like people give a shit and they're having fun. The person doing the the Colin sleeping bag thing was having fun. 
That was yeah. like, they were having fun, for sure. Yeah, even when these things might fall apart a little bit, you do feel that like people cared about these episodes when they were working on them. And at least, at least when it was like free to try and they didn't need to make up a prop for it or something, they're like moving the camera around. They're doing a lot with it. Yeah. Also, also the Billy um, action <laughs> suit up scene when he goes back to the bunk and like yeah. collects himself and then they literally do the fucking scene from Batman and Robin where he like, like shoo, like, like, like putting clothes mm. on and then grabs a bat like shink like, like, it's so fucking funny it's incredible um and then he runs outside and just randomly there are a bunch of letters like flittering around and they lead him to the forbidden bunk yeah what the where, fuck was that about i don't fucking know man this is such a fucking dumb thing so first of all unlike the book which i got i guess i gave it to the show and this one because you can't tell me there's a forbidden bunk where spooky sounds are coming from and not go in it um so he does go in. That's better. It's more satisfying narratively. Dawn is there for some fucking reason. Remember her? No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> and then she's like, remember Dory? And Billy says, yeah, your friend at camp. No, no, Billy. Because <laughs> no, you don't remember. No, you, Billy. No, Billy, you don't remember her. Because <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, she was mauled by a bear. <laughs> yeah. So like that's that's what's wild too. She's like she was mauled by a bear. She cried all night. Uh yeah, because she was mauled by a bear. You use the word mauled. <laughs> that's a that word like is bad. <laughs> the more surprising thing is that she got to cry all night because she wasn't dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you've described to me is a person who had their whole face eaten off, but but instead she sat in bed and cried all night. And then in the morning she was gone. Um. Anyway, all the letters are in the forbidden bunk, including letters from years ago, which doesn't make any fucking sense because that's like not that didn't excuse me. It's like the prop person for this uh, little excursion, not in, uh, within the the universe of the show. It would just had a, a bunch of fun. Like, oh no, this is fun. Like, no, if I do extra, like if I, you know, it's world building. You know. <laughs> well, so that is an inter- interesting point, Bob, because all the letters are stamped with an with Elvis stamps. Uh, and apparently that is an they're all stamped with Elvis and apparently that's an intentional reference to this theory that Elvis was an alien oh uh, okay alright um, uh, or what or perhaps was abducted abducted by them it's um, oh, cute it's cute it's a cute little note I think that's cute that's um, anyway outside the boys are all lining up to do their hunting shit and they then Billy like runs out and is caught by Larry and he's put in line and they give them the guns, right? They're not guns, are they? They're not guns. Nope. They're fucking nope. crossbows yeah. with which, suction cups on them. <laughs> which I don't know. A crossbow is a little bit more violent to me than a well, crossbow is also uh, children don't know how to operate crossbows. Right. Like, that's like a okay one shot, one kill kind of scenario because you're you're not gonna be able to reload this fucking thing, guys. Like <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, anyway, the best part though is that the suck that the the bow has a literal suction cup at the end of it. Yes. Yeah. So the part where he where Billy points the bow at, at Al, the suction cup is just pointed at him, and it's like, okay, <laughs> you're not gonna give these kids crossbows in real life. <laughs> so he does. He fires it, and the they they the way they edit it is they have it like bam, 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 <laughs> like. Psh- 
Uh, it's so fucking funny. Like it does a th- like three cuts, and it does very big sound cues for each of them. <laughs> Rule of threes, baby. Rule of threes, baby. What was that Bollywood movie that had the the extremely dramatic character? Oh, with the lady in the car. It's the it's like a it's like a famous clip from. It's not a Bollywood movie. I don't think it's like an Indian TV show where they like keep cutting back and forth between people. Uh, and like it's the same kind of thing where the kid is falling off the cliff and they like they leap after him it's like a lot of like very like cuts like between it's yes if i find it you'll know it with with, with Boca and they like it, they keep replaying the same shot of the lady getting out of the car at different speeds yes yeah 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 <laughs> anyway the ending is exactly the same except that unlike rl stein the tv show has some dignity and class and, <laughs> and and doesn't ditch saber entirely uh uh and uh reveals to us that saber was a robot the whole time being controlled by someone like an animatronic uh, and it's a cool scene. It's actually very cool. Take notes, jovial Bob. Uh, the coolest part of that being Earth in the sky. Oh yeah, then they cut to it's a it's a dangerous planet called Earth, and they all look up and there's Earth completely visible in the sky. I just don't. I, th- I know what they were going for. <sighs> they talk about the government. Oh, the, it's a government testing lab. I think like yeah, it's stupid, but I think like it's a good way to tell your viewers what you know what's happening there's no way to confuse what's going on uh it stayed with me i don't i mean i've remembered it i've remembered my entire like since watching it as a kid i remembered it so like i think it works yeah i have a sense memory of seeing that and it's like the way to like everybody knows what's going on even kids know now oh that's earth (gasps) (gasps) he was aliens He was aliens the whole time. Uh, like that part i i don't think i think it's cheesy but i don't think it's bad i think it's like it's not good. It it raises a lot of questions about where the fuck they're supposed to be. Right. But it but I don't think it like the the Twilight Zone episode they're ripping off, which is third from the sun. I'm sorry, they're homaging. Um uh, is like they just say that it's called Earth and that's it. And that's what the book maybe that's what the book does. But I get it. I understand why they'd want their last shot to be something memorable, you know? Yeah. Like they want they want me a takeaway, you know. Uh, it also looks terrible. I just want. Yeah, it does. It doesn't look good. No, nope, looks bad. It's an it's an older show, so I don't want to give them too much shit. But at the same time, like it, it's clearly just cut and paste. It's just like boop. didn't even like uh, color like color match anything. It's just it's just fucking it's, Google Earth. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. And with that, we have concluded our talk of it's been welcome a long trip to camp nightmare it has been a long trip but it was it was a it felt like a long book (laughs) it did it did didn't it over long for what it was doing and what it was trying to do this took me maybe the longest to read of all the ones we've read um like to get to the first like third of the book was a lot for me Um, there's a lot of setup for not a lot of actual stuff happening uh yes uh yeah yes a lot of dropped ideas i mean saber being the biggest one i think but um truly felt like zero steps. yeah that was the most disappointing yeah truly felt like zero steps forward like 18 steps back um yeah uh review time review review time time. mario's patent review well okay all right i'll do it i'll pat yeah tm uh copyright symbol r Mm -hmm. for restricted uh Mm -hmm. um, you you have mailed this review to yourself 
yeah. Um, so, right, as we all know, as we all know and remember, because, of course, we I'm sure we all have adopted it now. Um, my my review system is a three part review. Um, part one or scale one is uh, scariness. <laughs> is this book scary? Man, that's a hard question, because I think that it's like gory for a kid's book. A lot mm. of stuff happens that is upsetting. I think if I was a kid and I was like not able to parse out the twist, you know, yeah, I would be scared of some parts of it. I think there's like some, you know, the the sense of like um, being isolated at this camp and and like the like people disappearing around you. That's that's spooky, I guess, yeah. or it's it's uncomfortable. But I don't think it's terrifying by any means. Mm. And the and saber is like such a dropped thing, you know. Um, so I, I'm going to give it a six. Reasonable. I'm give it reasonable. a six. I think it's a reasonable number. Number two is relatability, aka the kids zone. Uh, I had not been to camp, so I can't relate to this really at all. <laughs> um, but I leave it to people who've been to camp to tell me is this relatable. I would say yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, we'll give it uh, the. I think the de- the depiction of Book Billy is hashtag relatable. Okay, I'm gonna say it's. I'm gonna give it an eight on that one. Nice. Um, now the Stein factor. Oh boy! How is Steinness? This is uh, R.L. Stein at his like. This is like if 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 the past two books have been R.L. Stein operating at peak Stein, but also like. It, it clicking and working. This is R.L. Stein operating at peak sign, and it just absolutely not working for me. Like totally taking me out of it. Um, I'm gonna say it's very high. I'm gonna say it's um, 69 because it's a funny number out of 10. Um, this is uh, Stein at his most sadistic. I got it. It's 60 Stein out of 10. Oh my god. Got it. Got it. Got it in one. That's what. It, actually, no. What I should say is, it's it's a. I'm gonna give it a number. Here we go. <gasps> that's it. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling <gasps> what the number is. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's that's it. There is no number. It wasn't real. There was no review. It was the letter B because they were aliens <laughs> and they used letters instead of numbers. Oh, oh shit. Good answer. Good answer. Ah. Uh. So outside of a of a of a of this review structure, Bob, what did you think? I, I thought think I know the answer. <laughs> I thought um. Yeah, garbage. Uh, garbage out of 10. Um, like, yeah, Mario, you said it um, really well with like, you know, if the previous books were Stein uh, doing what he was doing and doing all the things about like, you know, you know, when we read those books, it's like, why do we remember Goosebumps? Why is it so staying? And it's like, oh, yeah, because some of these are really affecting. Like some of this, uh, some of the stuff is really like good and creepy and kind of, you know, it's it serves as the reason why I got into well, the horror in the first place. This is not that. <laughs> this is one of the dumbest fucking twists. Absolute garbage tier fucking goosebumps. I don't know. Like, it's hard for me to put a number on it, but right now, like, I I want to say two out of ten, three out of ten. But I mean, three out of ten I'm... is the curse of the mummy's tomb. And here's the thing. I will take the curse of the mummy's tomb over this because at least, like, it had confidence <sighs> oh, enough to have an ending. <laughs> Bob, there's no ending I, to this it's all I, bullshit i don't dislike the twist as much as you do i think the twist is charming to a degree like it's very silly but i kind of like it okay um, if we're although, talking about the tv show that's a different okay. story okay if we're, all right, if we're talking all right. about the book what the fuck 
I mean, okay, let's put it this way. I think the twist is conceptually good, but the execution is could use some work, specifically sure. Ari dropping a lot of plot points to get there. Um, but it, tar- it better than or worse than Mummy's Tomb? I don't know, Bob. That's, oh my god, that book sucks. <laughs> Look, it's so bad. The whole point <laughs> is to have a strong opinion on these things, and that's mine. <laughs> All right, Brandon, number three, what's your opinion on this book? Uh, I've, I've broken it up into uh, how I would have felt as a kid and how I feel now as a jaded adult. Okay. Oh, Good. nice. I like that. Yes. Yeah, that so, makes sense. As a jaded adult searching for wild pleasure anywhere I can, I kind of like the really <laughs> stupid ending where it just goes, you know, it was a government test program to gaslight Billy or whatever and see if he was a bad enough dude. And they're all aliens. At least it's bold. No explanation of why we care about grizzly bears on Mars or whatever, or any explanation about the setting being so Earth-like. We don't need it. Any explanation would suck. And it's a bit of fun in your face whimsy at the end of the story. Uh, and in the kids section, I had written, Book Saber isn't real. Book Saber is just made up, an embodiment of the lies and paranoia spread by the counselors. It does echo an actual phenomenon in camp life, like campers are often warned of dangerous mythical creatures in the woods to avoid, and I'm sure like most young scouts today are still invited to go on a snipe hunt at some point in the night. Uh, but where's the... I had a fucking cool monster on the cover. I wanted a cool monster encounter. I wanted yeah. a climactic encounter with the cool monster, or at least like like he would have to throw Uncle Al in front of the monster who was charging or something like that, and instead... Nothing. I would I, I would have been pissed, I am sure. I would have been like, I agree. that sucks, and I hate this. <laughs> I think, you know what? I'll give you this, Bob. I think in that way, this book is very similar to Curse of Mummy's Tomb, because, like, the, the denial of the mummy part, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, Curse of Mummy's Tomb, Tomb did have mummies in it, admittedly. But there's so little of it the entire book that I was, like, so mad. And I think that if I was a kid, as Brandon put it, if I read this book with a monster on the cover, and they talked about a monster, and then the monster just didn't ever appear at all i'd be fucking pissed now the tv show fixes that i think i I mean i don't think the show episode is good because the jay and colin thing is bad but the saber stuff is handled a lot better and if it had been that way in the book i would be there would be no hesitation to say that that it handled it like that it was a a better book you know yeah and and i will add that even from the adult perspective of liking how bold and stupid the ending is the lead up to it, the 98%. First of all, getting thrown out the window sucks. And also, it wasn't a fun 98%. So, it wasn't. Yeah. I, it was not. I don't think it was very fun to read. Right. I also think that, um, you know, in a book where you're basically telling the kids, like, look, here, these are morals to live by. I think neglecting, like, like portraying all of these people, and especially in the, in the, TV show version. It's like they make a very specific point about how no, he went he cares about his friend. That's why I'm making him a, you know, an honorary like, you know, camper of the uh, camper of the week or something. Uh when he when uh Billy went back to help out Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. whereas, you know, and then at the in the book, it's just like fuck, fuck Mike. <laughs> like fuck, Mike is annoying. There are a couple times when Billy is like, you know, oh, you know, he's my friend and I should but then also like a bunch of interior interior like um uh, monologuing about how like he's just he's just fucking annoying. <laughs> like, yes. Just yeah, anno- absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And like uh, serving. And then at the, at the end when it's just like, Oh yeah, we're doing this so that you can learn specific things. It's It's good to um, follow orders, but it's also good to know when to not follow orders. And it's, here's a, a just thing for standing up for. And, and uh, re- here's a, here's a rule for saving this person, but no rule for like, 
fucking giving a shit about Mike because that's just like no don't fucking care about Mike nothing fucking was wrong I'm working through a lot of um I see I see you're feeling it's out yeah you're getting yeah 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 (laughs) so I think that it's it I think also the feel for Mike the message takeaway is kind of weird as well because it's like so this whole thing was a weirdly manipulative test put on by his parents and all these kids aren't real and they're all actors that would fuck you up like are you kidding me like yeah, i'd be so pissed at my fucking parents like yeah camp gaslight yeah he, like he's the perfect soldier so i guess he'll be fine but yeah it's like oh okay so they weren't my friends like, like one of the, one of the most important aspects of the truman show is how it affected truman and portraying that kind of level of absolute paranoia and like just going a feeling like you're going insane and like billy's just like oh okay i guess this is just yeah yeah no this is cool in contrast like the same twist does happen in the twilight zone but the episode is not like all the stuff that happened before is rendered irrelevant by the fact that it isn't on earth it's that all the stuff is still happening and it still mattered and it's just that the place they're going to isn't a different planet it's earth like you know yeah they they were all real people experiencing real things and there is a real threat it's just that you didn't know what planet it was on right it it's like a it was all just a dream level of oh come on fuck that yeah (laughs) yeah it's like oh fuck man it's like nothing mattered yeah, and but there is something that you could do. You could play with. It was all a dream. Like this is just it, like it literally doesn't matter what happened at this point because it's all explained away by it was just a test. So well, nothing I mean, all, like anyway. All it reveals is what we already knew, which is that Billy is good. Right. That's the takeaway. Is that it, Billy was a good so kid? So it's not a test. <laughs> so it's, I mean, like yeah. Well, that's the thing too because at no point was he tested. Because yeah. at no point did Billy debate doing any of the things he did. Yeah. When, when like, shit happened that was bad, Billy just fixed it. Or when people were like, let's go to the Forbidden Bunk, he just said no every time. He didn't debate it. So, like, there is no dilemma. The dilemmas don't exist right. in this book. And I would make the argument that if for a book for children, it's really important to portray these arguments so that kids can know that, like, they're allowed to question these things. Like, it's okay to the question authority but here it's just like no you just have to be a good kid and being a good kid means um uh, following orders also not following orders saving people and also not saving people yeah 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 just be perfect <laughs> anyway all right everybody thank you very uh, much wait, for wait. joining what, oh, what we have to do oh, we have to predict the twist no, 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 I'm just, uh, I have, oh. uh, yeah, I'm going to do the, 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 uh, Patreon, uh, website. Oh, 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 oh yeah. we're going to after, after, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, 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 I'll shut up, I'm sorry. No worries, no, do not apologize. Um, sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to, I failed, uh, um, I can't go on the expedition to Earth. <laughs> oh my God. You're not a perfect soldier. I'm not a perfect, I'm not Billy, I'm sorry. You didn't, you're, you didn't I'll never be Mike. Billy. <laughs> I'll never move. <laughs> I don't know uh, if there's any fat kids around you, you might turn into them by just le- letting them die <laughs> Let them, just letting their fucking bloated corpse fall into the fucking ocean anyway roll into the ocean off a hill anyway I'm what a beautiful crazy. image <laughs> what a beautiful image what a beautiful we were making jokes about his swollen hand <laughs> being a buoyancy device in the fucking river <laughs> 
is the despicable pus bag. The venomous pus bag. Anyway. Um. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to a, a very long podcast, but a very worth it podcast. If you like long and worthwhile podcasts, go ahead and check out our website. You can't scare dot me ycsmpod.com and also check us out on twitter at twitter.com slash ycsmpod we're gonna work on a mastodon too but that'll you know well that's coming if you'd like to uh support us and what we're doing here go ahead and go to patreon.com slash you can't scare me and uh you know you don't have to but we we sincerely appreciate any and all support we get and have gotten so thank you very much if you're a current supporter. And if you decide to become one, you're awesome. Thank you very much. But again, no pressure. Y'all are great. And with that, y'all, I think it's time to predict a twist. Let's do that. Who knows what the next book is? The book is The Ghost Next Door, Bob. <gasps> Let me go ahead and post it. There it is. All right. Who wants to? Do I, you know what, Brandon? Go ahead. Oh, and that's the other thing. I totally fucking forgot. Brandon, you were a fucking rock star. I, this was so much fun. I loved your recaps. You are an amazing writer. You fucking came out swinging. I love the way that you, uh, you know, you tackled this. You were, that was awesome. They were thank you very much. Extremely good, extremely good reviews. Uh, well, or thank recaps. you. Yes. Uh, I'm, I, I guess I am a Billy then. Yeah. You're a, you're a perfect soldier when it comes to recapping chapters of goosebumps. Uh, you're making us all look like pestilent pus bags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, the other thing, I, this is why I hate this book. Actually. My middle name is Michael. Oh, I see. I see. Mine is two. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a secret. I've got a secret. Mine is not. Um, mine is oh. Billy. Uh, no. Oh uh, my God. That's why you love this uh, book. Mm, anyway, uh, Brandon, if you will look at this picture of this cover and yes. using the the image, title, and tagline, predict the twist of this book. All right. Uh, this is going to suck if it's right, but... Um, the strange new kid is the only living one in the entire town as ghosts. Ooh, in uh, that's interesting. Interesting. We should probably describe the cover. Um, it is a picture of two ghost legs being see-through, standing on top of a welcome mat as a door opens into a checkerboard kitchen floor or like tiled floor. Uh, you don't and see they, those anymore, do you? You don't. Well, maybe you do some places. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, da, 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 as a what looks like a young child's sneaker is at the door. Um, and the tagline is there's a strange new kid on the block. Yes. So creepy. So, okay. I, I have a counter twist. I have a counter twist to your twist, Brandon. And my counter yeah. twist is uh the main character is the ghost and the people he thinks are ghosts are alive you know what that could I, be the actual twist but like i that's my guess you just made me realize that if that is the actual twist because i think that is a twist for one of the books coming up uh i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that's pretty close but i just realized that the entire time when i was originally reading um uh uh, uh, uh welcome to camp nightmare I thought that it was the twist from this book, if that's the twist. I thought that all the kids had died at a camping trip, and they were they were forced to relive it over and over. So, so Ghost Camp is a book in this series. 
Uh, well, <laughs> so that could be the, that I might be. have gotten that confused <laughs> and there, there are, there is, I know at least one other book where they, the kids are ghosts and that is ghost beach. So maybe this isn't that one. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. You might also be confusing it with ghost Burger King. <laughs> there, uh, ghost we can say, I, I think we can safely say there is a ghost in it. <laughs> mm, yeah, true. Unless it's not a ghost. Unless it's alive and it's not a ghost at all. Uh, mm. God, the fisheye in this is so nice. It's so cool. God, it's really cool. I think Someone it's a very a good, good cover. This. I think it's a very good cover. I was going like, to say, like, I don't like the color. Sc- I don't like the, the two-tone. Um, the, mm. the colors that are being used for the border oh, the, are... D- the diary, the, pea, the, yeah. the pea soup colors they're yeah. using? Pea soup yeah. and peach. Like that. It's booger man. Yeah, it's, it's booger, booger man. man. Yeah, it's really nasty, but the art is so. Oh man, it's so good. I think this is is an extremely. This to me is the cover you might think of when you think of like the standard for young adult horror. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is like oh, when you're looking at young adult horror books on the on the shelf, this is the kind of cover you expect to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the light is so cleverly given, and it's got like a really powerful like contrast because of the teal and orange. Without looking, you know, like you might think of teal and orange. Like the wood where the light is hitting it is is very orange. Yeah. The cold and, and it's very blue and like night just immediately outside of it, very sharply defined uh uh light and a soft shadow from the kid's foot on the inside. It's pretty quick. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I really like it. The shoe's a little fucked up though, but whatever. Maybe okay, maybe here's this maybe he's a centaur. Oh yeah, the entire uh, time. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, everyone's wearing uh, what is it, Converse? Like in these. Yeah. Like, I forgot that that was a thing with these books. It's like everyone's wearing the same type of uh, shoe. <laughs> no, no variant. Well, I just scrolled down and checked the differences between the classic and the original, and the first one is all mentions of Mister Chesney having a shotgun are removed. Oh. I can't wait to find out where the shotgun is in this oh, book. Oh, <laughs> Mister Chesney. Oh, jeez. Also, this kid is clearly a katakasa because he's just got one leg. Oh yeah, so he he's is. The ghost. He's a, he maybe he's a yokai. <gasps> Incredible. Has Arl Stein ever delved into yokai? Probably not. He should though. Arl <laughs> <laughs> Stein doing a yokai. Oh my god. Ar- suddenly, um, yeah, Arl uh, uh, Stein uh, like do- having anything to do with like. Um, Oh, what's his name? Uh, horror manga. Junji uh, Ito. Yeah, Junji Ito. Junji Ito. Mm. <laughs> Ito and fucking R.L. Stein have have uh, are joining forces to absolutely fuck up kids. The kid whose brain turned into a snake and came out of his eye socket. Would <laughs> <laughs> be a good Goosebumps book. Oh my god! Wow, Goosebumps actually like turned to eleven, like actually fucking like off the rails, trying to realizing... fuck with kids. I have no idea the order of these books. Like, I'm looking at Ghost Next Door, and I thought, okay, well, surely coming up is, like, some of the other classic ones, like Night and Terror Tower. No, that's number 27. That's 27 in this book. And Ghost Camp is, like, in the 40s, I think. That's wild. Like, I, like okay, Why I'm Afraid of Bees is number 17. <laughs> I was certain that was, like, 61. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> Yeah, there's some Where of them we run out of ideas completely. Like, yeah, for real. Like, there are some of them that I thought were way uh, earlier. Uh, like the barking ghost, for whatever reason, I thought was like in the first ten. 
I um, thought Ghost Beach was super late. We're going to get to Ghost Beach before Night in Terror Tower. That's fucking crazy. You know, the, nuts to me. the really fucking crazy thing is that I seriously thought the Haunted Mask was like within the first four. For, yeah, you would think that. You would think that. Yeah. Yeah. You would think that. <clears throat> but guess what's happening after Ghost Next Door? Hey. It's hey. got to be like the uh, the effect of having like a monthly. If, if he had to turn each of these out like in a month, I'm sure that there were some months where he was like, I had this idea. It's not really panning out. I'm not super into it. I'm not going to, I'm kind of phoning this one in. And then the next one, he'd actually like get on a hot streak and be like, actually, I like where this is going. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Knowing that it does kind of make sense why, why I'm afraid of bees is number 17, you know, like, uh, (laughs) also, oh yeah. And it's right after one day at Horrorland. Like that had to be a big idea one. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. And then, oh boy, monster blood Two. Oh, monster blood Two. Jesus Christ. I wonder. Uh, yeah, we'll find. Uh, oh wait, no. Well, yeah, we'll get to that that uh, episode. I think they did an episode on Monster Blood too, right? Pretty sure they did. No, they didn't. Oh, they didn't. Okay, never mind. That's right, because they did more Monster Blood instead. I'm so excited to do Haunted Mask, y'all. Yeah, I know. All right, I think we're. I think we're all done. Uh, I hit the record button. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, Brandon, for doing this. You're, 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 that was really awesome. And, um, you know, if you ever wanted to, uh, come over for, you know, just let me know. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'll definitely come over for. <laughs> so I'm we, s- we hear and we, uh, we love, you know what? I think we all agree that we love. <laughs> oh man. It, it, when, when we do, I'm so excited to. <laughs> And I can't personally wait to partake in. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I can't remember the last time I had. <laughs> it's like for dinner. Oh, man. You know, this this book, it really got me thinking about. Yeah.